0: 15 seconds there. Stand by all cameras, stand by videotape, stand by slow-mo. Stand by roll videotape in five. Then roll tape. Four, three, two,
1: one. And we got Mad Dan and a stop down. It's just Halloween fun, Dan. There's nothing creepy about it. No, I just wonder if you would. We better get going here. We're going. To- oh, all right. Geez, yeah, Tony's know, really see. running
0: the show. Let's. uh, What's the trivia question?
1: <laughs> we already gave it. <laughs> Boy, are you off your feed today? What is going on?
0: Hmm. Are you teaching me about radio? People have no. just tuned in in the past thirty seconds, and they want to hear it. Uh, wait, Tony already gave it five minutes ago. How about this, Tony? You want
1: to just do the show today? <laughs> no, but you set me up like I'm taking. What's too the much trivia time question? Jeez. The question was last night. Uh, Derek and Haley did an incredible dance called Tango of the Dead. All Where right, Todd, you're on the ticket. From?
0: Yeah, I think those
1: dancers came from the uh, basement of the Alamo. No. Nope, that's
0: not right. Move See, on. No, oh,
1: wow. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. There's it's no not way.
0: working. You don't think it's working, Tony?
1: Well, obviously, we're past the time, aren't we?
0: Well, you want to...
1: Boy. This is great.
0: All right, I'll take one more. <laughs> Let's carry way. this over. Jake, you're yeah. on the ticket.
1: <laughs> guys, I think I can speak for all P1s, but I wish we
0: could do a longer... Dancing with the Stars segment, but I do have the correct answer. Before. No, you don't. No, he doesn't. You don't. Do There's not a chance you have now. it. No, 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 no. He
2: doesn't have it.
1: <laughs> well, Justin, I'm sorry. Usually it's much smoother than this. You've you've hit a bad one here this today. Is the best thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> Tanya Harding is 51. Ooh, thank with Stars. Oh yeah. That's would she do,
1: tones? Uh, third place, season 26. Top How long two. Ago was that? Who beat well, her out? I'm season thirty now, so I'd have to.
0: How are we in season?
1: What's happening with this show, Tony? Who beat it's going her out? The dogs, man. Yeah, I will agree with you now. <laughs> oh God. I never used to agree with you, but I agree with you. They now. ignored wow, his letter. He's giving up. Well, not not totally. Ow. I got my state of the show address coming up on my podcast. So <laughs> what? Oh, we're gonna fix it.
0: <laughs> to Danny, Ann Hathaway, thirty-nine. I
2: know what's wrong. Well, I know what's wrong with this thing. We'll fix it. A state of the show address.
0: Hey, Jake. Yep.
2: How's that different than just talking on a podcast? He's, no,
0: it's a declaration. You don't understand. He's not reviewing. This is like, I'm setting this
1: well, thing know, straight. the whole Tony's, podcast is him addressing Tony's to like the audience. like the, the Rick bonus of dancing. There's a difference between just, just an opinion. I know what's wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to fix this. God, this. God, yeah. Bob,
0: come on. The Rick hey, bonus of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can fix That's this. That's right. I know what's wrong. I'm going to fix it. And we're going to fix it.
1: Hi everybody, this is the Ballroom Blitz, I am Tony the Engineer, welcome back. Well here we go, episode 11 of the Ballroom Blitz, covering week 10 of Dancing with the Stars, the season 30 finale, which occurred on Monday night, November 22nd. That's right, this is episode 11 of the Ballroom Blitz, and this is the final episode of the season of the Ballroom Blitz. Oh, thank you. It's kind of wrong. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Were they, like, uh, were they like clapping because they're glad it's over? Or are they clapping just, uh, I don't know, to give me applause? I'm going to take it the positive way. So we'll go with that. Well, today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, we're not going to have a top 10 list. I think we covered enough of those this season. Uh, We're not going to have a season look back. We got through all of them except 29, and that's just last year, of course, or last season. Well, last year, too. And uh, the ticket audio is going to be a little less Dancing with the uh, Stars-centric today, and I'm just going to play a couple clips of uh, times that really meant something to me, and really one of the long audio clips is like one of the most fun times I've ever had here at the station, so I thought that would be kind of fun to do. Um, So... um, We'll have a seg- segments covering again to the Monday's performances, of course. And I'm going to say last night a lot, probably, because this actually is Tuesday, the day after the Monday finale when I'm uh, recording this. So we'll have last night's results and performances. We'll have a little of that classic, classic ticket audio, as I mentioned. We're going to have a state of the show address a little bit later, meaning I'm just going to kind of give you my opinion on... Where we're at uh, right now with this show, uh, the problems we're having, and maybe some possible solutions. And then I've got a kind of a pie in the sky uh, hope that uh, maybe we can do something next year. Of course, this won't happen, but this is all a fantasy world. But I'll uh, I'll hope that it could happen anyways, and I'll let you guys know about it. We'll then have a, cons- a contest update, which we've been running all season, and then we'll have uh, the sign off for the last time. Uh, this this season of, of the ballroom blitz, okay. So that's the plan. Well, let's get started by looking at Monday night's show. And uh, I was very happy with the opening. I hope you guys all saw it. It to me had uh, everything was great about it. I liked the song. I liked the outfits. Everybody looked so great. Um, and of course, one thing that's always so much fun with this finale is that you get to see all the prior contestants. You know, this was a big season. We had fifteen contestants. And some of these folks, I got to admit, I kind of didn't forget they were on, but they certainly are out of mind for a long time. Like I forgot Matt Matt James, the bachelor was on there. I didn't forget again, but again, I forgot about him kind of. And when I saw him, I'm like, oh yeah, that was on the show this year. And then of course, Brian Austin Green went home early and uh, Martin Cove, of course, the first guy to go. So it was nice to see all of them back out with their pros uh, doing that opening number. And again, having the uh, great song to go with it and the great outfits they were wearing, uh, I really thought it was good. It kind of kind of took me back to the old days when they had the great openings to the show. Uh, throughout that opening, occasionally you would see the number 30 hanging from the ceiling in the form of mirror balls. In other words, the zero of the 30 was just a round disco mirror ball. And then the three was in the shape of a three, but it looked like the covering of the disco ball. It had those metallic uh, little squares on it. And they showed that quite a bit, and I wish they would have acknowledged that in the show because this is season 30. This is a big deal, and I know in the old days I may have mentioned it, they would uh, have some kind of acknowledgment of it. Heck, the, the one hundred show and the two hundred show, they had uh, two-hour specials and brought back a lot of people and had performances and looked back at the history of the show. Um, and the 300th, I think they kind of conjoined that with the 10-year anniversary special, and that was great then we got to the 400 show and they barely acknowledged it and didn't do anything. And then here we are season 30. Again, I thought it would be a little bit of an acknowledgement. I have uh, a guess that one of the reasons they didn't do it was because Tom would have had to been Tom Bergeron would have had to been uh, featured prominently in it since he, if there was a star of the show, it certainly was him for the first 28 seasons. So maybe that was it. Maybe it's just the current management doesn't want to do anything to acknowledge the show. Believe me, I've got a bad opinion of them right now. And uh, I think they're just getting by and getting through each show, or they did get through each show this season and and hopefully wouldn't have any more errors like they did last season. And I I don't think they're thinking about the big picture and about saving this thing from the free fall that it is in. That's for later though. (laughs) Um, Of course, Tyra came out and You know, she does her 30-second catwalk and struts her stuff. And she looked good last night, but uh, I really thought it was goofy and kind of silly when all the contestants and the pros who finished their opening number, they all stand in like a tunnel line and looking up at her like, you know, she's the goddess coming out or something. Uh, I'm sure she set that all up. Uh, I gave Tyra a long rope in the beginning of this last season, season 29, and that rope has uh, shortened up quite a bit. And uh, I guess I look at it more from like an ABC executive standpoint. The ratings are just awful. And who do you look at? You've got to look at the big change you made uh, two seasons ago. But anyways, like I said, we'll get into that in a minute. Tyra did touch on uh, right up top about Derek not being there. Derek Huff, the fourth judge, uh, you may or may not saw. He came down with COVID and uh, he had to go into the quarantine and the protocol and all that stuff. And so... They replaced Derek for the evening as the fourth judge with his sister, Julianne Hough. And for those of you that know the show, she used to be a regular judge. Um, when Len took season 21 off, she came in and replaced him. And then she was on and off a uh, full-time judge uh, for a few seasons. And prior to doing that, she was a guest judge from time to time. And of course, she's a two-time Mirrorball trophy winner. So... Uh, her uh, pedigree is is fine for doing that. I did see some some tweets from some people. Oops, excuse me, from some people. Here we are. Here I am in episode 11, and I'm still fumbling all over my speech. Jeez, I thought I would have got better by now. Uh, but I did see some tweets where people are like, geez, we have to fall back and have Julianne come back. Couldn't we try something new? So there's this continual push-pull, I think, of people like myself who love to embrace the past and want these people to come back, especially the ones who give the show its due, which she always does. And she said that, you know, she said, I can't tell you how great it is to come back here where it all started for me. And uh, I don't know why people have problems with things like that, but I think it's probably the vocal minority more than anything. But uh, okay, let's get uh, started here looking at some of the uh, performances for the night. Well, they were going to do two dances last night. Uh, the first dance, and they did do two dances, the first dance was a fusion dance where you put together two styles of dance to the same song while you're out there. Uh, and then the second dance of the night, of course, is the, the season ender, the freestyle, the last chance for people to vote for uh, this season's contestants. Now, uh, unfortunately, we can just cross off the freestyle. I guess we'll touch base on it, but the freestyle, for those of you that haven't heard my rant, Uh, has become nothing more than let's give everybody a trophy. It's always all 40s in the freestyle now. And it's a sad part of the show for me because this is part of where I think the show has just given up. Whether that's the judges on their own giving up or if the producers have instructed them to, hey, give everybody a 40 at the end, a perfect score, make everybody go happy, don't give any critiques for the freestyle. I do not understand that. These are judges that we look to for comments and critiques and this is a show that still doesn't have a champion, and you're just giving everybody 40s, what that does to me anyways, it's a dereliction of your duty as a judge because what you said is, we're not gonna make a decision. These people are all great. So 100% of the decision goes to the fans now. And that's not what this show's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a 50-50. It's supposed to be not a popularity contest. And of course, when you turn it over to the fans, that's what it becomes. So the only dance we really wanted to look at in terms of numbers then is the fusion dance. And uh, the first one of the, up for the fusion dance was Amanda. And she did a combination of the Viennese Waltz and the Paso, kind of a unique combination there. Boy, a very elegant uh, ballroom dance and then this very fierce, forceful Paso Doble. Uh, she does great with everything she does. You know, it's just a broken record. It's, uh, she's good, she's good, she's good. Uh, But again, there always seems to be something a little missing. And I thought she had kind of overcame that a couple uh, weeks ago when she came out and was on fire. But to me, this was just another one of those good dances. And, you know, I don't see any chemistry between her and Alan. And I It's hard to critique people for that because it's either there or it isn't, I think. And not that they don't like each other, but I just never felt much of a a chemistry to it. And Bruno even mentioned the opposite. He's like, oh, you know, that uh, was very passionate. And you showed the chemistry between the two of you in those dances. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about, Bruno? So either I'm totally off base or I'm missing something there. But, uh, you know, the other thing that, that happens with these, and this was the last dance that they really judge on, when they get to the finals, the judges don't want to critique anybody. And again, these aren't perfect dancers. Yeah, some of them are really good by now, but they're not pro dancers. They have to make a mistake once in a while or do something that's not great. I'm not saying you never deserve a 40, but I didn't think that was a 40 dance. The, the last thing I noticed at the very end was it looked like she slipped in the hold with Allen. And again, it's a small thing, but to me, 10s are important. Tens are Hall of Fame worthy, not Hall of Very Good worthy, when I'm bringing in a baseball reference there. Uh, The judges ended up giving her 38 out of 40. Carrie Ann was the only one that really gave her any kind of critique. Um, She did say that, let's see, I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, she noted the stumble at the end, and she said she was a little tentative when she started out with the Viennese waltz. And I'm like, both times that Carrie Ann said that, She said, I'm sorry. She like apologized said, well, I'm sorry, but this is the finals and we still need to point things out. And I'm like, you don't have to apologize, Carrie Ann. You're a judge on this show getting ready to to crown a champion. And I know they don't have much time to change anything because it's the freestyle. That's all that's left. But she said it again at the stumble. She says, well, you know, I'm really sorry, but you kind of stumbled there at the end. And I I think the judges need a big talking to when it comes down to finale and semi-finales. They seem to go off their uh, path that they're supposed to be on. And again, I don't know if this is producer driven. I wouldn't think so because I think there is oversight from some kind of governmental organization, just like game shows have, because so much money is given away. And I think they have accounting auditors come in and stuff. And I don't know they would take the chance of saying, here's how you need to vote judges. But the way they vote in the finale anymore, it seems like someone's gotten to them. And Len, Len's my most disappointing because he's supposed to be the, the policeman and call people out when they don't do the technique correct. And he seems to have bought, bought in with the two. And, of course, Len has always loved Amanda, so he gave her a 10, just like he always loved Melora. I, that's one critique I would have of Len. He seems to find favorites, and he just, you know, whatever they, whatever they do, 10, 10, 10. And that's so weird for Len to do that. And kind of the opposite way too. If, he's, if there's somebody he's not happy with, It takes a lot to win him over. So uh, I think that's kind of some of the personal things that still crop up here. And one of the issues I have with the show. But anyways, uh, Amanda, 38 out of 40. So Cody was up next with a Paso Doble Cha-Cha Fusion. And, you know, I've been hard on Cody this season and I got to give him props here. I thought that was a good dance. Now, I don't think it was necessarily as good as Amanda's, but it was still a good dance. And I'm giving him all the love, and I was kind of critical of Amanda. That's what happens when you're so good for so long, and maybe you're not quite perfect in that last dance. But uh, I liked Cody. I certainly liked his uh, passo at the beginning. I thought he was very forceful. Uh, it was the man's dance, and he acted like the man in that dance. And he can dance. It just it took him a long time to get to the point where I thought he should have been in week four or five. And I know he had the COVID issue in the early days, but uh, he just never got his footing under him until it was too late in the season. And then there's another couple that I just don't think really ever meshed. Uh, I never felt super chemistry with them. And they gave him four nines. little surprised they did that, but I'm glad they did it. I think that was right. And uh, there was a little bit of critique. I couldn't believe it. Lynn Goodman said he needed a little more shaping in it. And, uh, you know, again, that's hard to find at this level and this late in the season that they're critiquing them at all. But uh, like I said, four nines for a total of 36 for Cody. Uh, Up next was JoJo and Jenna, and they were doing a tango cha-cha fusion. And, again, probably broken record with JoJo. She's so good. Everything she does with Jenna, I think Jenna choreographs well for her. Uh, Choreographs? choreographies. (laughs) Um, They always are in sync when they're side by side. Uh, Their dances are always kind of memorable to me. It's like exciting. It's like, what are they going to try this time? And, you know, they always wear the same outfits and it kind of bugged me in the beginning, but now I kind of like it uh, when they have those same outfits on and they're doing their moves together such in sync. It's kind of a cool look when, when they are wearing the exact same thing, and of course she's grown up not only as a great dancer into a great dancer. She was great when she started, but she's gotten better, I think. Uh, she's grown up as a person. She's gone from a you know a young girl to a young woman, I think, and uh, uh, that's been fun to see. And she's always been you know at the top of the judges' scorecard, and she was that night too because they gave her a perfect forty. So they took a little commercial break then, and uh, they came back, and they did some things last night to fill a little time. I don't think they really needed to do it because they were rushed at the end of the show again, and that always bothers me. But they came back, and they had a little video clip called The Real Judges of Hollywood. And if you guys saw that, that this one cracked me up. I thought this one was hilarious. Carrie Ann kind of comes out and does uh, some you know, kissing towards the camera and kind of flirting with the camera. And here comes Derek, and he was acting real cheesy with his outfit on. And then Bruno, of course, is Bruno, just kind of playing it up for the camera. And I thought, they're not going to have Len in this. And I'll be damned, here comes Len. And, of course, he's holding a little mirror ball, and he's kind of got this goofy look on his face. And he's like, what's going on here? What am I doing here? (laughs) Then they go back to the other three. And they're getting ready to close it down. And, and they showed the three of the, the first three judges, you know, still hamming it up for the camera. And again, lens in the background looking around with the goofy look on his face Uh, that cracked me up. So, uh, that was kind of fun. And then they also talked to Derek live. So, uh, he's recovered, I guess, enough for the COVID to come on. He looked great. Sounded good. Um, I guess he did have a little tough road there, but he's turned the bend now supposedly. And so it was kind of nice to see him and, uh, he just, I, gave the, I think he gave a shout out to all the pros who uh, have quite a job for sure training all these people. So when they did get back to the dancing, this was the fourth dance, uh, the, the last fusion dance, and it was Iman, and he did a cha cha uh, foxtrot fusion. And that's great for him. You know, he excels at dances where you can kind of, I don't want to say break the rules, but not do the, the certain moves. Um, I say it was great for him. He did have to be in hold a little bit for the Foxtrot, not so much for the Cha-Cha. And uh, I've bagged on Amon a lot this season because I kind of see the writing. or saw the writing on the wall or see the writing on the wall that I thought he was going to win this thing. There was a point maybe after his freestyle, uh, wasn't a freestyle, but it was a contemporary that was like a freestyle. And during Halloween week, the perfect 40 score. I'm like, oh boy, this guy has got a lot of fan votes. And I'm like, if he doesn't fall on the bottom two, he's making the final and then all bets are off. And so I, I guess I didn't want that to happen. You know, I don't think he's, he's a great dancer. He's a good dancer and he's gotten better as time goes on. So I guess what I want to say is I want to give him some props now because I think I was a little too hard on him. I think I took out my angst and anger with the show's management out on him. And I was so fearful, we're going to have a Bobby Bones uh, repeat in and, and season 30 here. And then it is just nothing more than popularity. But it was wrong to even compare him to Bobby Bones. But it was easy for me to do because that still sticks in my cross so much. But uh, he's, he's 10 times the dancer of Bobby Bones. He can dance. Bobby Bones never could dance. And I hate to go back to that. But if you remember his freestyle, he comes out and talks and says... You know, three months ago, I didn't have a clue on how to dance. Three months later, I still don't have a clue. And to me, I just wanted to punch him in the face then. Here, get me started on Bobby Bones again, or I'm getting started on him. I just thought that was disrespectful to the show, to the fans. Yeah, I can't dance, but I'm going to win this thing because I have a lot of fans. So I was still carrying that forward. And projecting that onto Iman. And like I said, that wasn't right. Iman's a better dancer, a much better dancer. And he's actually gotten better over the season too. And something Bobby never did. So uh, let me give Iman a few props. (laughs) He does have the swag and the coolness vibe about him. When you watch him dance, it's fun. It's engaging. He brings you in. And he's got moves. Boy, I bet he can really... Uh, cut a rug on the uh, you know the club dance floor to so so to speak or whatever that is where you go out and you just let it go and you do what you want. Um, I will say that he's still not a great ballroom dancer. The the little bit he was in hold during the foxtrot, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like ooh that's not good looking. But again, no one's going to care about that in the finale. And uh, the judges have fallen in love with him, and he scores a total of forty. Now, another thing I must say about him on is, you know, in the early days, I would have embraced him probably because he's he's what the show was meant to be about in the early days. You take someone with no dance experience, you train them hard, and he had a great trainer in Daniela, and you get better. And at the end of the season, you're a dancer. And I really think he has turned into a dancer. He would join my Hall of Fame of Most Improved with uh, the likes of Jack Osborne and Rob Kardashian and uh, Kelly... Uh, Uh, who was uh, Kelly Pickler and James Hinchcliffe and Kelly Osborne and a lot of people that supposedly had no dance experience. They came in and they learned and they got better and they turned into good dancers by the uh, end of the season. So good job, Iman, and uh, sorry if I was a little rough on you. Like I said, it was an extension of what uh, Bobby Bones has done to me. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, I was just curious, too. When I saw that, I wrote it in my notes here. And I timestamped it, not that anyone's going to believe me or whatever, but right then I knew he was going to, well, I guess I'm going to give it away, aren't I? Iman was your winner. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have done that, but everyone knows probably by the time you're listening to this. And right when he did that dance and got the 40 in the fusion, I wrote that down in my notes. I said, well, there's your winner. There's no point in going on. The only shot I think Jojo had, and we're supposed to be talking about this later, is if Iman had an off night and he didn't. So... We may talk about it later, and I let the cat out of the bag, but like I said, we probably all know anyways. So they took another commercial break, and that was the end of the fusion. They come back, and they did a retrospective, a video retrospective of the season, and Mel C was singing in the foreground, while the uh, in the background was the video clip, clip uh, playing. You know, um, I'm sure Mel C is a good singer, and I'm sure she's great with the Spice Girls. I wasn't that crazy about her solo. I mean, maybe that's a personal preference thing. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't awful or anything, but it was just like, eh, that's okay. But one thing that stands out with her, she has got biceps that won't quit. Man, is she ripped up top on those arms. I think she must have done curls beforehand because, I mean, there is definition and there's cut. And I'm like, wow, she is a uh, strong-looking woman there for sure. Um, the contestants had a little video bit about working out. I thought that was kind of goofy. See me, to me, that's one of those things. Let's cut that one out, whatever it was a minute or a minute and a half. And let's talk to the champion at the end of the show. Again, I'm kind of letting that out of the bag. They didn't even talk to the champion, but, uh, you know, what am I going to (laughs) do? Uh, and they had a pro number too in between dances. And I always love the pro dancers. You get, you get those pros out there, the men and women of the show who become, you know, important for us long-term viewers. They become celebrities to us and it's great to see them. I love seeing Val out there. You know, he's talking about retiring and Cheryl's talking about retiring. Now she wasn't in it because she was still in the season, but it was nice seeing some of the veterans out there and uh, it, it was good. I love that. Okay, so the freestyles are up next and, you know, why should I spend too much time on this? I Number one, let the cat out of the bag and number two, they're all 40s. So there's going to be no critique. And why should I give my two cents worth? Because I'm going to look like the party pooper and the bad guy now. Uh, But we got to talk about it a little bit. Cody came out. His freestyle was first. And, uh, you know, this was a like a Cody coming out party, I think. Boy, it was a, let's see, I think it was Carrie Ann or was it? Yeah, Carrie Ann called it the most flamboyant freestyle air ever. He he embraced his... uh, uh, well, I don't know, gay lifestyle or the way he is. And it was a wild dance. It had a lot of hand movement, a lot of twerking in it, a lot of uh, unconventional things, which is good for a freestyle. Uh, I got to tell you, it wasn't my gr- cup of tea necessarily. I didn't hate it. It's just, oh, okay, this is what we're getting. And, uh, you know, I, the reason I didn't care for it as much is because it, I don't think it showed any kind of dance ability or any kind of, uh, you know, real skill. Yeah, he, he might have rhythm to be able to flop those arms out the way, they, way he did, and then you bend over and you wiggle your bottom around. I guess, uh, again, I, I still, even in the freestyle, yeah, I want to be entertained, but I want to see dancing. And, uh, you know, one more, one more callback until we get to the state of the show. Bobby Bones didn't have any dancing in his freestyle. I know, I can't let it go. It's an obsession of mine. I have to let it go. (laughs) Um, But anyways, you know, he fully expressed himself and he was free to do it. And I didn't have a problem with it. But of course, the judges say 40, you get a 40. Uh, Amanda up next. And she also is going to be good. We know that. And of course, she went to her default strength. And that was a contemporary. You know, uh, they didn't call it a contemporary. It's called a freestyle. But so many people do that. They just do a contemporary dance in the freestyle. It does nothing for me. Again, we know you can do this, Amanda. You're a gorgeous dancer. You have beautiful flowing moves. But kind of the critique on you throughout the season was, this didn't surprise me. There's nothing unique here. There's nothing new. And I know I'm going to sound like a grouchy old guy here. Um, But again, I care about this show. The freestyle matters. Make the judges judge you on dancing ability. Now, they may not because everybody gives 40s these days. But I wanted something different and I didn't get it. Again, it was a great dance, give her 40. JoJo and Jenna up. And uh, again, this was highlighted, everything she does well with Jenna was highlighted here. They were in sync very well. Uh, They did great lifts like they've been doing throughout the season. Uh, They synced their outfits, so they were exactly the same. And it's what they do. And I liked it a lot. Um, But I had high hopes for this one and for Iman's because I think Jenna and uh, Daniello are the two best choreographers at the pro level we have right now. And that includes the men, too. Uh, And again, it it was to Lady Gaga's born this way. And again, she embraced her uh, gayness, I guess. Uh, And no problem with any of it. It was good. I liked it. It was better than the first two, I thought. Uh, again, it wasn't super memorable for me. And that's what I look for these days with the freestyle. This is your chance to blow us out of the water. And I know it's not that easy, but I think I commented on it a couple weeks ago when we did the freestyle top 10. Most of my freestyle favorites are later in the the series run. They weren't in the early days. So I still had seen a lot when I think I saw the best freestyles and I didn't see any this season. Again, they were good. They all danced well. And of course they were just giving us... A forty, but uh, the one thing that was notable to me on this was Bruno in his critique, and of course I shouldn't call it a critique, and his praise, like they all do now, at the freestyle you just praise people. He said something that was very um, poignant and emotional, I think, and he looked right at her, and uh, he said, "I wish you were around when I was a kid. It would have been so much better." Sorry about that. Jeez. Um, uh, it's just, it's sad that people have to get beat up for being who they are. And I thought that was really poignant of Bruner to say that. So forgive me for that. Um, but, uh, she's amazing for an 18 year old kid. And, uh, hopefully she can help some of those folks out there that are bullied and what have you for what they are. A man and Danielle were up next. Iman, I'm sorry, Iman and Danielle up next with their freestyle and, uh It was pretty fun. Like everything Iman does, it was fun. I got a kick out of it. Um, Boy, he brought his swagger to it. And that's what you're supposed to do at a freestyle. You know, highlights your strengths. Uh, Again, as the purist, I wanted to see some dancing. And he did dance in it, so don't get me wrong. I just can't get over this. You know, I'm a a ballroom purist. And this is a ballroom dance competition. And I know that's long gone. But if you remember my freestyles, uh, I think... Was it four? Four of the top 10 were all basically old school, um, New York Hollywood, not New York, but Hollywood, uh, dances. And it was, it was takeoffs on those, you know, the Fred Astaire songs and dances. And then they brought them into the 20th century. And maybe they thought they've done enough of that, or maybe this never entered their mind. But for me personally, and that's why this is a personal podcast, I guess, those always do it for me. But, uh, you know, again, you can't complain. It was a great dance. And, uh, Iman, if nothing else, he always gave you a show. And I found myself a lot. This is why I need to give him props. I found myself a lot throughout the season saying, whoa, especially with his lifts. You know, he's the lift king. I don't know if anybody did lifts like he did throughout the season. I know Calvin or throughout the history of the show. I know Calvin Johnson had had a couple with Lindsay that were amazing. Uh, And, of course, a big part of that is his partner, Danielle. Danielle is so, so. Strong and so small that he physically can do those lists with her where it might be a little tougher with a larger uh, female partner so uh, I mean you know I'm not gonna gripe about it it was good probably the freestyle of the night I mean with him it was with with uh, everything in this later half of the season it's pretty much Jojo and him that kind of dominated and uh I thought it was a perfect uh, freestyle for him. If you looked at Len a couple times tonight, you know he was like me, I guess, never a huge Iman fan, and he gave it up last night and gave him two tens. And both times when they went to Len, Len has this habit of kind of like leaning his head over and rubbing his head when I think he doesn't really know what to say. He doesn't want to say anything bad, but it's not his cup of tea. And in the early half of the season or the second early half of the Zegan. He will say it and go for it, but he's not going to do it in the freestyle, I guess. He's just going to go along with all the judges again and give everybody 10. So uh, there you go. That's the uh, freestyle dances, Uh, all 40s, of course. And then uh, they took a commercial break and they come back and they did another little video clip. I was surprised. And this one was called The Eliminated litigators hotline or something. And it had all the former contestants in a little clip um, coming on saying, if you think you've been unfairly eliminated. <laughs> and uh, that was pretty good. I thought and they had a 1-800-non-DWTS or something. And then I thought it was hilarious. They brought Joey Fatone in, you know, an old friend of the show. And he's like, hey, he was eliminated twice, of course, because he was in the All-Star edition. He goes, hey, I called this and no one answered. And the Miz kind of moves him out of the way. And then they come back later. And Joey's still like, I still never heard anything from him. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, and then Jimmy Allen uh, came out and did a song and the pros performed behind him. And uh, they also mentioned, Tyra did later before they announced the results, that uh, uh, Jimmy and Amanda We'll do select dates of the uh, Dancing with the Stars winter tour, and I've already got my a couple tickets uh, set. I lined up for me, uh, two of the stops, and I'm thinking about going to a third one. I know uh, I need help, but uh, I can't wait to see it uh, again. the The shine is off the show for me, but I still like it. It's just not like it once was for me, and uh, I'm going to go. and uh, There's not too many pros I'm going to recognize. I mean, there are, but you know, Val's not going to do it. Uh Sharna's not doing it. Pete is not doing it. The old veterans from the, the second group of pros, I guess you would say, that kind of ran this show. But uh, uh Bristow or Caitlin Bristow is going to be the main headliner. I think she's doing like 75% of the shows. And I'm sure Jimmy and Amanda will do little segments here and there, probably geographically where they're located. But uh that should be fun. Uh one other thing Tyra said, and a lot of people probably didn't hear this or gloss right over it or didn't register. But me, uh, someone who watches the show pretty intently, uh, I caught it right away and I wanted to call BS unless there's something I'm missing here. Tyra came on and said, this is before she announced the, the winners. So all the votes were in. She says, we just had a record number of votes on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. So, we're at the lowest, lowest ratings ever in the history of the show. Barely four and a half people, four and a half million people, four and a half people, four and a half million people watch this show now. And you're going to tell me we just had the largest fan vote r- record of all time back when back in season three, I know that's going back, but we had 27 million people watching the show then. Think about that. 27 million people at its peak, a little over that. And she's saying that we had more votes recorded when now four, four and a half million people are watching it. Uh, The only thing I can think of is Iman and JoJo's fans came out in mass and that's what brought the vote total up. I would have loved some clarification on that because that just, that screamed like, what are you talking about? Again, probably a very minor thing to most people and most people didn't even think about it. But because this show (laughs) is on probation with me right now, I'm, uh, you know, checking everything and making sure that uh, they're not kind of deceiving us in any way, shape or form. Oh, well. Well, let's get to the results. I know I already gave them to you. Amanda, of course, was the first one out and not a surprise there. Bless her heart. She just she's a great dancer, but I don't think she ever resonated with the fans. You know, she was in the bottom three there at the end. And uh, the judges would keep saying that, you know, you're something's missing. I don't really know what it is. And that's a that's not good. And then I just didn't think she and Alan had much of a relationship in terms of garnering votes because of their chemistry. Uh, Cody went next again. Not a huge surprise. Um, I thought one of the men would win. And I thought Cody had an outside shot because I figured his Peloton followers, you know, he was never in the bottom two. And I figured his Peloton followers were just keeping him in it. Well, I went and looked at Instagram. Not that that matters or you're going to vote just because you follow someone. But I was stunned to find out that Iman has two and a half times as many Instagram followers as Cody. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah, Cody's going to be out then. Uh, I don't know how many of each of their fans are voting And just because you have Instagram followers doesn't mean you're going to win. As JoJo found out, she has 11 million. I think Iman has like 2.2 million or something. But uh, when it's the two men in the running and they've never been in the bottom two, I certainly look at that kind of stuff. And, of course, Iman always had King LeBron James uh, tweeting out to vote for him, his teammate on that championship season in basketball. So that certainly helped. But uh, so uh, we get done with those two, and we have JoJo and uh, Iman there. And guess what? The credits start rolling on the show. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? You're gonna cut this short again? Every year now, we cut these guys short. We don't get to talk to them. We don't get to have an initial reaction. We don't get to present the mirror trophy to them. I thought that was so cool in the day, well, back in the day when Tom would go pick up the trophy and go give it to them and get their initial reactions. And some of them were just so giddy. It was so fun to hear what they had to say. And we don't get any of that anymore. Again, to me, it's the producers shortchanging this show, shortchanging the audience. And maybe I've just got them in the crosshairs and I'm being too harsh on them. I don't think so. I care about this show. I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm doing it because we can do better. And right now, I don't think the people are in place to get it to do better. But anyways, the two of them are there. Boy, I'm just rant-filled today, aren't I? Uh, The two of them were standing there. Here comes the credits. And like I said, I know. And then I looked at the time frame, and I think it was... It was uh, 8.59 on my DVR thing. And I'm like, yeah, there's no time to talk. They're going to go right into the good doctor after this. So Tyra looks at the card. And again, I don't even know about this. I probably shouldn't be commenting on so many things that I have no clue about. I mean, I have a little clue, I think. But I thought I saw Tom, Tom mention one time, Ber- Tom Bergeron. Someone asked him, do you know the winner when you get the cards at, and who's eliminated at, at the end of each night? And he says, I don't know until, and this was before live voting. So he could have known at the beginning of the show. And he says, no, I purposely don't want to know. So I don't look at the numbers back in the day, you would be eliminated next week for your dance that night. So they knew who was going to be eliminated the following week before the show even started, but they didn't tell anybody. And so everybody got to dance, but someone was already going to be voted off. He, Tom says, I never looked at that. Cause I wanted to watch the dances in real time and know that everybody's still in it, even though one's gone. Well, with this live voting thing, uh, you do have to look at that card because, well, I say you have to, but you want to because you don't want an error on live TV like that. And so he told somebody that, yeah, I look and see at the last commercial break, because I think it was 26, 26, the first live voting season, I think. So that would have meant Tom would have had three seasons of that. And I, like I said, I can't remember him saying that, yeah, I look at that card because I want to make sure I have that name in my head and I announce the correct winner. Before it comes to that point, well, I'm sure Tyra does the same thing, especially after that snafu of the scoring last year, which we're going to hear later on in the state of the uh, show address. So, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Where was I? Oh, yeah, she looks at the, she looks at the card and. Then she looks up from the card and she does her eyes both ways, left and right. I don't know if that's a model move or what. I guess it's kind of sexy looking, but I don't know what was up with that. So she obviously knew who won won when she looked at the card, even if she didn't know before she looked at the card, which I think they do. And then she looks both ways and then she has this dramatic pause and she says, oh my God. And I'm like, really? We have to look at you The person who (laughs) us long-term viewers think killed the show, and you're going to play this up so you're like the center of attention now. I just thought it was false. I thought it was fake. And I'm like, why are you putting us through that? To me, it was a fake reaction. She knew who won already, and then she's going to do the, oh, my God, and kind of scream, okay, yeah, whatever. And we told you earlier, yes, uh, the champion is Iman Shumpert. So JoJo goes home, my best dancer of the season goes home without the Mirrorball trophy. But again, I'm not going to bag on Iman. Uh, I was too, too unfairly harsh on him through the season. He's a good dancer. Um, but even with the last two weeks where he's gotten all 40s or a lot of 40s, you look at the judges scoring for the season and he still is in sixth place on the judges scorecard for the arc of the season. Now you could say, well kudos to him he got better and better and better and i get it that's true that's why I, i'm trying to give him props here at the end he is a good dancer now uh but sixth overall and you're winning the championship i just don't think that sh- that kind of stuff should be allowed to happen you talk about manipulating the results well we have back mallet box stuffers on the fan side that manipulate them all the time and no more so evident in uh, season 27 but uh okay i'm going to quit being so gripey here until we get to the state of the show address. (laughs) And uh, let's kind of cleanse the palate here, go away from this. Let's talk a little ticket. Um, I have to talk the ticket because as we said throughout the series here, uh, without the ticket, uh, there is no ballroom blitz. So uh, I I need to give it a little love. We're going to play a little audio here in a minute, but I do kind of want to go over a timeline too. And, And we may have hit all these at various points throughout the season. I'll try to make this fairly quick. But uh, I watched this show, Dancing with the Stars, in anonymity for the first six years. 2011, Bob and Dan, the afternoon show at the time, were discussing Rob Kardashian and just bagging on him. Not because of Dancing with the Stars, just in general. And I remember, I think it was Dan actually said at one point, what has this guy ever done except be the brother of a no-talent reality show family? And I texted to them and I said, well, he just won season, uh, what would Rob have been? 13 of Dancing with... Oh, not one. I'm sorry. Gosh. Oh, boy. I keep thinking I'm going to get better at this, and I'm not. Uh, he just finished in second place in season 13 of Dancing with the Stars. Of course, they don't reply. They don't acknowledge it on air, and I didn't expect them to. I think I've told this story, but then we come back, and we're doing the hardline mix, and I'm on remote, and Dan's like, who's your engineer? You know, he just texted us about Rob Kardashian winning Dancing with the Stars. Corby's like, Tony, is this correct? Why are you watching that show? What's going on here? And I start crawfishing because I'm like, "Uh oh, I don't want to upset these guys and I don't want them to think it's weird. Oh, you know, I was just flipping through the channels and uh, I just happened to come across it. And I thought it might be fun to see who's going to win this show that I don't really know anything about. (laughs) And they're like, oh, okay, And so that saved me for a couple more years. Well, in that two-year period, you know, more and more people were being on the show, and I was working a lot of remotes, and they were doing birthdays, and I'm like, "Gosh, why aren't they saying this person's on Dancing with the Stars?" Because when they do birthdays, they they comment on the people. And in 2013, I did it for the first time. I think I played this audio early on. I'm not going to play it again now because we'll be here all night. But uh, uh, it was Bill Nye, and I very meekly and mildly said, "Oh." and I Dancing with the Stars and they're like what I think our engineer said something what would you say Tony and I said it and they just busted out laughing and Corey acted indignant like what are you watching this show for and all this stuff but it went really well Donovan laughed and I felt really good about it and later in that same segment Jaleel White's birthday was also announced and I thought oh he's on Dancing with the Stars too and again Donovan's like oh give old Tony a call and everybody joined in and laughed and I'm like wow that went really well and so it kind of gave me a little, uh, what's the word? I don't know, bravado or something to, to keep it up. So I did, and it became more and more well-known. Well, known. well and the year later then, 2014, we did a Girls' Night Out, which is a big station event where all the hosts are out there, and I'm engineering, and that's the night I recited my winners. At the time, I think it was 18 winners. Yeah, we were in season 19. And Junior Miller uh, from the Musers Morning Show found out about the bit, And the Musers really didn't know about it. They probably don't listen a lot to the afternoon shows, or at least when I was on. And I didn't work too many Musers shows, and I was always kind of intimidated by them anyways. I'm like, they're not going to like the bit. I know Fernando won't like it. He's a straight-laced producer that doesn't want silly stuff like that. So I never did it for them. But then Junior found out about it. He loved it. He latched onto it. And then the Musers had me on a whole bunch until they did tire of the bit eventually. So that's 2014. 2015... I got to do my two nighttime, we called them F-around shows at the ticket. Uh, The personalities could come in at night for a couple hours and do a show about anything, Uh, travel, sports, uh, wrestling, um, uh, video games. And I thought, do I dare ask if I could do one about dancing with the stars? And I'm like, number one, no one wants that on their ways probably. And then number two, I'm not an on-air personality. I'm a behind the scenes. But I went to the management They obviously knew of the bit, and they green-lighted it, and I got to do two F-Around shows for season 21 in the year 2015. Uh, Also in 2015, I started my Wolf Call-Ins. Wolf is a sister station of The Ticket. It's a country music station. And a lot of people ask, uh, did they ask you to come on because of The Ticket thing? And they really didn't. Again, I don't know how much stations listen to each other, but I was doing a remote with The Wolf, uh, I did more of those back then. Don't do really any now. But uh, they were talking about Dancing with the Stars at a donut shop, and the two hosts, and and they really had something that was incorrect. They said, and then something else they didn't know about. Well, I'm not going to chime in. They don't know me very well, and I don't know them. But when they went to break, I did, and uh, I said, hey, that you know, when you said you were wondering about so and so, well, that's this is how it happened, and then also that other thing you mentioned, it really didn't happen that way, and. They're looking at each other and they're looking at me like, what's going on here? How do you know so much about this show? And I kind of told them I'm a big fan and, you know, the ticket guys have kind of taken it and run with it. And they're like, really? Well, later that that remote, unbeknownst to me, they come back from break and they say, we have a special guest now and they're doing this without telling me. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm glad I got the extra headset out. And we always do that. We always have a third headset for any guest that pops on. But uh, talking to us now out here at the donut shop is... No, no, then our engineer, Tony. Tony, come around here and talk to us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you want what? So yeah, come around here. We want to talk to you. We want to ask you a couple of questions. And I'm still, I'm like, what's going on here? And I get out there and of course, I was kind of flabbergasted that they wanted me on. So I didn't turn on that mic and I get out there and put the headset on. And of course they can't hear me. And they're like, oh, great. The engineer didn't turn on his own mic. So I run back to the board and I put my headset on. I say, can I just sit here? I probably feel more comfortable doing it here. And they're like, yeah, no, they have to turn around and look at me. Next thing I know, they're asking me about dancing with the stars. And I guess that planted a seed in their head. Cause I got a call from one of the co-hosts of the show a few days later saying, Hey, do you want to do a call in show with us? detailing the previous night's episode and you know it's only going to be three minutes so it's not going to be very long and i'm like you got to be kidding me because you know i hadn't been doing too much yet i did the f around shows but uh they said yeah we have someone that does it for the bachelor shows why don't you come on and do it for dancing with the stars and i did and that thing lasted for six seasons all the way up through uh 2018 and there's always a lot of seems like changes in most radio there isn't on the ticket that's one reason they're so successful but uh I went through six co-hosts, I think, (laughs) on that morning show. And then finally someone came in and didn't want to continue doing it. Uh, But uh, that was a blast. Okay, that was 2015. 2016, I got a uh, uh, text from, not a text, an email from an online publication called GuideLive.com that wanted me to break down the season 22 finale. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have something in print now. So I broke down season 22 finale for him and told him who I thought was going to win. And luckily, I got it right. Nile DeMarco, even though Paige Van aunt should have won. <laughs> I knew Nile would because of his relationship with PETA and his deafness and all that stuff. Uh, so that was like, this show just keeps on giving, you know, and I'm like, that's got to be it. There can't be anything else that can happen. We go to 2016 and 17. Well, we were in 2016, but we go to the fall of 2016. And I'm on Good Morning Texas, a local TV show here in the morning, and I'm the guest panelist for, I guess, the everyday man or the average guy, breaking down, dancing with the stars. I'm on with a pro dancer. I'm on with the first show is Nastia Lunkin, a contestant on the show, and they've got me on the show. And I played some audio, I think, of the user seeing me on TV earlier in one of our podcasts, and that was a funny one for sure but I got to do that twice. I came back, that was season 23 and I came back first time and I got to do season 25 with them. So again, nothing's ever going to get better than this. The next year, 2018, uh, I did uh, first TV 2016, second time in 2018. 2018, I ended up having the Dancing with the Stars watching party at the ticket. And I went on right after the hard line, a client paid to have me out there. I I was in tuxedo. Uh, We gave away all kinds of cool prizes and uh, prizes that I went out and got myself, the Dallas Zoo, I used to work there. They were great to me. Fossil Rim, a volunteer out there. They, it's a wildlife center. They were great to me. And they gave me tickets or prizes to give away. And then uh, that was the first season I gave away a trip to see the show in Los Angeles. And that was the beginning of something that I'm stunned at. Now, at the end of this, we're going to have given away seven trips out to see the show in Los Angeles. Hopefully, we could ever get back out to the show. But I got like... After these two that are given away this year, I've got four people waiting because of the shows being, you know, not allowed in the last two seasons. But, uh, so I'm like, okay, nothing will beat the watching party. There's just no way. And then of course, COVID comes in 2019 and I'm out of work for a year and a half because they had to let all us part-timers go. Well, I got back with them in 2020. What do you know? The hang zone calls me the new, uh, uh afternoon show with Dan and Jake and they're like, Uh, They called me because Tom was replaced, out of the blue. And they wanted my opinion about it. And so nice of them to do that. And then I think I played the audio maybe last week in the open about them, uh, about me. I dropped the hint to them like, Hey, how about I have a call-in show on Tuesdays? And they're like, ah, I don't know about that, <laughs> but it worked out. And I got to do the, the call-in show last season. And of course they've had me back this season too. Now I just did my last one today because Tuesday, I do it every Tuesday after the Monday show. And then I thought, okay, the hang zone call-in, that's it. There's nothing else. And what do we have here? A ballroom blitz podcast. Now, I seriously cannot think of anything else that could happen next year. I can't imagine what it would be. Now, I've said that (laughs) the last, what, 10 years, and something always pops up, but I really just can't imagine now, especially the show faltering the way it is. But what an incredible ride it has been, all because of the ticket and this silly little dance show called Dancing with the Stars. And real quick too, I had so many stories I wanted to get to this season, and I just never got to it. I had stuff I wanted to do about the show, but all the trips I've made out to the show, if I haven't told you, 24 trips out to the show in Los Angeles, uh, 26 trips to the tour stops in the off-season, yeah, a lot of my disposable income goes to the show. But the people I've met in airports, and these are almost all going out to L.A. because L.A. is just a hub of celebrities, you know, and I'm convinced if you go to the uh, LAX, the airport out there, and just sit, you're going to run into people. The very first trip I took out, um, season nineteen, I ran into Brooke Shields, almost literally. Uh, I'm around in the corner, she's around in the corner. Big, tall woman. She had these gigantic sunglasses on. But I know what Brooke Shields look like. I'm like, that had to be her. But you know, we passed each other, and of course, what do I do? I have to turn right around, and I'm basically walking right next to her, not like so close that she notices really. And she's got handlers around her. And I'm listening to her voice. I'm like, that's Brooke Shields. And I, I couldn't believe it. So I had to walk her with her all the way out to the exit. And of course, who's waiting for her there? Paparazzi. I'm like, does Brooke Shields still command paparazzi? <laughs> but uh, anyways, that was kind of cool. And that was my first one. And then the rest of these, I'm just going to run down a list of people. I'm going to do some name dropping here. Uh, these are for the old school people. Paul Simon, the singer. A lot of you young folks won't probably know who that is, but he was a big singer back in the, I guess, 60s, 70s. Time frame. Simon Garfunkel, tiny, tiny guy. He was in in line in front of me. I said I wasn't going to tell stories, but in line in front of me at the TSA. He wasn't very friendly either. Man, he looked tiny, tiny and old and not very happy, like a grumpy old man. (laughs) Uh, Bill Nye, I met him at the airport, and I had to whip him, you know, because he was on the show, season 17. And, man, I was whipping him with question after question. And at first he was very, very polite about it, but eventually he's like, dude, I got to (laughs) go. <laughs> I was whipping him pretty good. Michael Irvin, the athlete, uh, Dancing with the Stars, season nine uh, from the Cowboys. Adrian Beltre, a Texas Ranger. Louis Anderson, the uh, noted comic. I ran into him. He was very, very nice. He's, he's talked with the ticket before, and of course, I had to bring that up. And he was very nice and said, yeah, I had a good time with those guys, whether he remembered it or not. He was just nice to face that. And uh, he asked what I did, and I told him engineering, and he's like, he made conversation with me. So thank you, Louis Anderson. I uh, ran into Paul Michael Gosseler, I think his name is, if I got the right name. He's the guy that was on Saved by the Bell with uh, uh, Mario Lopez, who was on Dancing with the Stars season three? Yeah, yeah, Emmett Mario, yeah. And uh, I ran into a guy named Scott Clifton, a soap opera actor on Bold and Beautiful. If you watch Bold and Beautiful, he's Liam. And, man, I whipped him, too, because I, I watched that show and... Uh, the nicest guy in the world. He plays a nice guy on the show and he was talking to me about my dancing. He's like, where are you going? I told him out to LA, this was in Dallas where I met him and I asked him, where are you coming from? And he told me his story. And, and then eventually I, you know, I finally said, can I have a picture with you? And then people started saying, Hey, who's that guy? And then they all came over, but I had a nice, probably five minute conversation with Liam and he was a really cool dude, Liam Scott Clifton. Uh, Rick Riley, a Sports Illustrated uh, sports writer, at least he used to be. And then one of the more fascinating, it was a group of people I saw, and this was leaving Dallas again to go out to the show. The World Wrestling Entertainment wrestling crew must have been going to one of their shows somewhere, and the whole staff was there. I mean, not the whole staff, like the Undertaker wasn't there. Probably the big timers get their own jet or something, but the worker bees and um, one guy that stands out for any wrestling fans out there was um, Seamus, the Irish guy with the super white skin and the crazy orange hair. They have a bit on that show called money in the bank and it's a a briefcase and it's got like a contract that you can sign and go into any contest at any time to try to win it, win something. And of course they always do it when both contestants are all beat to hell and stuff. And they go in there and I'm signing and I'm signing. And then they, they pin the guy and win. Well, Back in the day, they used to handcuff it to themselves because people could come by and just steal it and run away with it. Not regular people, but they could too, but probably you know, wrestlers in the bit in the show. Well, Seamus had his money in the bank briefcase handcuffed to him in the airport waiting to get on the plane. Oh my gosh, I I think I just busted out laughing when I saw that. But it was cool to be around those guys, big men. And uh, he was playing the bit you know, obviously even in public. So that was fun. So that's some of the stuff I've gotten to do at the ticket and and things I've experienced and got a ton more, but we got to keep moving here. Uh, Let's get to some ticket audio. This won't be specific to Dancing with the Stars, especially the second one. And you might hear my drop in there a couple times. But uh, I've had so much fun with these guys over the years. And, you know, you never know about the future as I've gotten to a certain age. You never know how much things are going to, how much longer things are going to last. And you get a little sentimental. I guess that's why I'm so angry with this show from time to time is because, you know, we don't have a lot of time left. Let's get this thing in gear and get it righted. But uh, that's a different story. Uh, But uh, I've had so much fun with the ticket guys. And one of the things I did was... Uh, I work at something called the Campound with them. And it's when the guys go for two nights away from the station, away from their houses, away from their wives, they stay overnight. In the old days, they used to be camping outside. Now it's a little more, uh, uh, how would I say this, uh, five-star or whatever. <laughs> nice rooms and inside and all that. But uh, they always go late into the night. And in the early days, they would go to 3 a.m. And our show starts for the day at 5.30 5 a.m., and they always talked about going all night. And as I started to get more comfortable with my Dancing with the Stars bit and more things were happening, I brought up one time about, well, hey, how about I go from 3 o'clock to 5.30? I can fill two and a half hours talking about Dancing with the Stars. And, you know, the top nine guys are who go out on this thing, uh, the top nine guys that do the daily shows at the ticket. And I must have asked six of them. And I especially asked Mike and Corby, the hardline crew, because that's who I work most remotes for. And uh, gosh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm approaching, I think, 600 remotes with them, which is unbelievable when I sit back and think about it. But uh, so, and Mike was the founder of the station. So I always thought of him as the ultimate boss. And, you know, everybody's got a boss. He had a boss. But when you found the station and this and that, I kind of think that, hey, you get his approval, you're Okay. And he said, sure, we don't care. Yeah, that's great. And uh, uh, so I was planning on going all night. And uh, this, I think, let's see if I can find it here. This is me talking with Mike and Corby. And I think Gordo's setting in because on these campgrounds, you know, all nine guys are out there. And some are sleeping and some are jogging and some are, you know, sitting in on other shows. And I think Gordo's on here hanging in with them. And he does a little fake Tony, too. This is just kind of a little fun audio from the Ticket Boys. Huh? We were thinking two. Two you know, thirty. Two years ago, you made it to three.
0: Don't you think you can do that again? What is happening to your voice? It's unbelievable how it's far go. He's all of a sudden kind a weird, light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, y'all take it to four o'clock. <laughs> the lack of sleep
1: and just I don't know. Old, all that. Where stuff. are you from originally? Indiana Fandy with the stars. daddy with the stars. Dandy with the stars. <laughs> okay. You know what? Right, that's ridiculous. I think I'm going to go see them after what Danny said. Don't worry about Danny. There's no, this. I think I am going to go see him. Go see what? Metallica. I like that uh, Sandman song. <laughs> Leave Danny to me. I'll take care of him, okay? <laughs> He's no, not they- going to make you go <laughs> to any devil-worshipping shows or anything like stars. that. Do Thank they have any, you do you have any other good songs? They have, have any, yes. Stars. They have a million. The What's the yeah. last yeah. concert you, you, you went stars. to, do you know, that doesn't uh, include
0: Dancing with the Stars? Bruno Mars. That's not surprising. I could drop out of that.
1: And before that was Pitbull.
0: Your last two shows were Bruno Mars and Pitbull. Yeah. And you're sure you're not gay. Well, I'm you're not you... sure, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure. Like it just kind of went in one time. <laughs> what? Just a tip. Bruno but... yeah. Mars, that's not gay, is it? Just because you like him? That's like yeah, old school Canada yeah, kind of is. Really? It's like Prince and. Uh... It's fun music. Yeah. You know, you it's I fun. think Bruno Mars is Rick, okay. Rick James. Yeah, it kind of brings all that back. Pitbull. It's no. really no. showy, really flashy. Yeah, it is. I just take... What I, do you think Nancy? with the Stars is? Danny with a dart. <laughs> <laughs> showy and flashy. See, there's two sides of Daddy fake Tony. Danny with a the stars. There's <laughs> Danny with a dart. And then there's, oh, cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, golly, jeez. No, but I told you, I got the segments. If you guys don't mind me stealing your bit a little, I'll do What's on Tony's Mind. First segment. Oh, I mind that. Oh, do I you? Definitely mind you can that. You could do it. Dang. Dancing with the Stars quick hits. That's <laughs> going to be a segment. Quick <laughs> and then, all right, I've got a little bit of like audio, so even if they don't, Perfect. they don't like what I'm doing, all oh, you guys are on the audio, so they'll love that. Okay, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I right. <They> love that. I'm <laughs> mad. Yeah, In the early days, you used Stars. to get mad when I would do it. Uh huh. And You'd you recorded like, it all. Yeah. You'd be like, "Damn it, Tony, quit watching that show." Or like, what are you doing? You were like really disgruntled about it. Yeah, I don't know if I was mad. I was probably playing radio, Tony. Just he was a mad. little bit. No, but I, mean-
2: he was mad. He told me in confidence
1: that it really. Irritated I was him. acting that you were he, that he was pissed, man. Well, okay. But anyways, I got. To- <laughs> I mean, I had to talk him down from fighting you.
0: <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, well so, believe that. You know what you ought to do. If you you know have an extra segment, it sounds like it's all planned. But you ought to like go out in the uh, to inspect some VIN numbers.
1: What for? I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> I got the VIN numbers right here. I'm telling you,
1: Tony. Do you is that an inside you know joke? I think <laughs> that's an inside joke because I don't have any clue. What to I don't either. About. It's now for you huh. to say that you must know something. What? Like, oh, of course he does. I. I got him. What is Corby I'm doing? I'm cooperating. I am cooperating.
0: I'm cooperating. I'm cooperating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know where this is going. Uh, anyway, right? this is. Just, oh, boy. Just go <laughs> late. Just- and Norm's already said four, so we can do this. Just do three. Oh, yeah. Like we did two years ago. Oh, yeah. How late did you go last year? I don't know. Did- All right. A little fun uh, ticket audio there. Um, the Campound is always a fun thing. You know, for us part-time remote techs, uh, we, we don't get very many options to hang out with the guys. And uh, Campound is one of them. Cowboys training camp is another. Uh, Super Bowl week's another. Back in the day, I was lucky enough to do some spring training uh, baseball trips uh, with the Norman D Show. And uh, it's just fun to listen to that kind of stuff. And the reason I brought that up, too, is that, see, this would have been 2017, I think, And I'd been talking about it before that even. So this was not a a secret. Everyone knew about it. And then I even tweeted out a couple times that I was going to do it. Well, uh, it actually happened this this last time (laughs) this year. And uh, I made a fatal flaw. I didn't really, you know, check with upper management and kind of got in a little bit of trouble on that. And I think I'm still in the doghouse, so who knows what the future holds. But uh, I swear it wasn't anything, you know, evil on my part that I'm going to bypass the proper authorities. It was just that um, I guess I considered those guys my boss, kind of, and we were all out there together. And uh, uh, it was very well known that we were going to do it. So anyways, that was, uh, uh, I think I said 2017. And then maybe it was 2018. I think it might have been 2018. And then 20, didn't do it that year. And then 2019, I was scheduled to do it again. And I tweeted out that I was going to do it. And that was my famous or infamous, uh, a little bit too much Woodford Reserve night. And even I was aware enough to know that, hey, I can't go on air Like this, And then COVID happened. And then this year we we got to do it. Um, This last piece of audio, and this is going to be a long one. So if you don't want to hear it, you can skip forward. I'm going to play it in two parts. They're about seven minutes each, I think. Uh, This was the most fun I've had at the Ticket Radio Station. And that's saying a lot because I've done a lot of fun things with these guys. Uh, The Super Bowl trips, the spring training trips, the uh, Cowboys training camp trips, the things I've seen, the athletes I've got to meet the talent that i've gotten to witness from these on-air guys at the ticket it's just so embellished my life and uh uh, to say this is the most fun i've ever had is saying something i thought something that would never be topped we did something once where we played a softball game it was basically a hard line versus musers the afternoon drive versus the morning drive and you know a softball team you gotta have a lot of players so they had to dip into the well of uh uh, producers and ticker guys and board ops, which they probably would have done anyways, because they're all on air. But they even went down to the engineering and promo ranks to get enough guys to fill out the squad. And I got to play in that softball game two years in a row, and man, it was just the greatest thing. We were at a minor league ballpark, and your 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 face is up there on the big screen, and they announce you, and you got a uniform, and I'm playing with my heroes. And I thought this will never be topped. Well. Personally, this night that you're going to hear a little audio from, (laughs) it's the most fun I've ever had with them. Um, Let's see here. How are we setting this up? Well, the guys go to Oxnard, California to uh, Cowboys training camp every year. And the weather's gorgeous and the food's great. And the scene is just a blast. And they go to a place every Wednesday night when they're out there, which is usually only one or two nights, one or two weeks, Uh, called Cafe Habana. It's a Mexican restaurant in Malibu, about an hour, an hour, 15 south of uh, Oxnard. And I had never been, this was from 2019 again, 2019 was an amazing year. The compound thing with uh, the too much Woodford reserve. And I was talking to some ladies late into the evening about changes that they go through late in life or later in life. And then uh, the next day they pranked me because they said management was mad at me because I was drinking too much and then I would go on air and then I was being disrespectful to the lady callers. And they had me going hook, line and sinker. And there's a reason you're not hearing any audio from that. It still hurts to, to listen to it now. They had me going. I thought I was a goner for sure. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But oh, that was just a camp pound uh, uh, fun time. And then. Um, oh, where was I going? Gosh, I don't know what happened there. I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I'm getting all messed up here. And no, the answer is finally here. No, I'm not any better than I was on my first podcast. Let's get back to the uh, Cafe Band Oxnard, California story. So they go out there on Wednesdays and uh, uh, there's karaoke night. And they say it's just a blast every time. Now, when I went out with them the first time, this is 2019, uh, I had my doubts. I'm like, karaoke? Gosh, that doesn't sound like much fun. But it's more than just karaoke, it's the scene, it's being with your buddies at the ticket, and I found out later how much fun it was. But this, I think this first one here is, I was designated to be the designated driver that night. And I'm not sure how much we're talking about here, so uh, let's see here. Yeah, I guess it's just me going with them. And they're, we're at the club now, and I'm looking bored, and they're going to tell the story. And these guys are master tori- storytellers. This will be the next day, Mike and Corby and Donovan, who were all there, and Blake, the uh, other engineer that was with me that week. And Blake was there also that night. So it's all the suspects, and they're talking about uh, the uh, night before. Here we go.
2: We walk up, table, Tony even walks outside to get an extra stool to sit on. Like he's the best. Yeah. He's the best at looking <laughs> after all of his drunk friends. And
0: uh, Danny, our buddy Patrick Reeves showed up, and oh, so Tony went and got Pat a, a nice stool to sit on, and <laughs> and away
2: we go. We're sitting there and And it's it's quiet. Yeah, it is. It's, it's dead. It's eight forty five. Right. We're waiting and, on the rush. And Tony's automatically kind of thinking in his head What's going on here? Y'all are hyping this place up. It's nothing. And I told him, I said, like I say, I've heard that, you know, any other time, it's just about the as average spare a Mexican restaurant as you can find. And we kept saying, don't worry, the rush will happen. And he's sitting in his, on the stool, kind of slumped over, no back support, so he's just kind of sitting there with his elbows on the table thinking about his next move. Okay, I can walk out. Go somewhere else and come back and pick these boys up. You can absolutely tell that's what he was thinking. How did you know that's what I was thinking? (laughs) It's all over your face saying, why am I here? So he turns to me during the lull and he's
0: like, hey, you don't mind if I have a beer, do you? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Uh you know, and he explained to me, he goes, he's like, I'm really good about this. I'll have a beer. And then that's it. I'll drink water the rest of the night, but I'll just sip on a beer throughout the evening. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. You can have a beer. You know, you're not a toddler. (laughs) You're a full-grown man. Have a beer. You're damn right. Go get you a Stella. So he gets a beer. Okay. And as we're finishing our beers and he's sipping on his beer, people start to roll in. Right. Right.
2: The DJ is setting up the karaoke machine. Yeah. They have a sign that says 15 minutes until it starts, so you can see the crowd rolling in. And then I don't remember what the first song was, Mike, but it was an earth and fire song. Tony is sitting kind of slumped over in the, in the stool, and when the music hit, man, he sat straight up, and he looked and he turned and he had his face toward the dance floor. Like, this music is hitting him. He's feeling it right now after song one. And he's kind of bopping his head a little bit to the to and the His tune. back His
0: back is dust. So we're watching him talking about him behind right, his back the whole right. time. Because
2: you can see the buildup as the body moves. And then it happened. Uptown Funk. Bruno Mars. And as soon as it hit, man, Tony had that Wile e. Coyote smoke outline, just ran right to the dance floor. And he... Is busting a move. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, beer number one has turned into
0: beer number three.
2: <laughs> so much for that commitment to sobriety.
0: Right. And then Blake, Blake goes, dude, he's getting hammered. <laughs> now, here's the controversial part. Blake has to get up for Dunham and Miller to run their show and meet them in the lobby at 2.45 California time, Mm -hmm. all right? This night does not end ever until about 2 o'clock, meaning we get back to our hotel then. And so he is sacrificing, just to hang out, you're sacrificing a night's sleep. Yeah. All the way around. I expected to not sleep. Yeah. Yes. And... So he's with us, and he's like, you know what? I mean, he could see all this going down with Tony and, you know, the sparks flying and hitting the dance floor and drinking and all that. And he was like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm, I'm done. You know, I'll, he had a beer, and that was it. And he's like, I'm done. Because we could see what was going on with Tony. <laughs> because not only is Tony just taking a few steps, his hands are in the air. Yes. He's dancing with everybody on the dance everybody. floor. Everybody. Right,
2: right. His Go,
0: guys, gals, I mean, just bounce. He's the star of the show. He's screaming every lyric.
2: <laughs> if they tell what him to put hell? his hands up, or if you say, say, ho, he is yelling, ho! <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around. I turn well, you around. You know what, Tony? I support you fully in this, man. I. <laughs> I turn around to Blake and Donovan. Fun, you
0: have fun. I have fun. I turn around to Blake and Donovan, and I'm like, dude, I've never seen. He's happier right now than I've ever seen anybody, including my kids, on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, the smile on his face, ear to ear. He is feeling it, man. And I'm like, wow. And oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this scene. If I don't, I'm gonna run over, get me a hamburger, and just wait it out for you guys. <laughs>
2: Dude is jumping up and down. He is all over the dance floor, man. Yeah. I'm just and then with the moves that will put him down on the ground and then right back up with his <laughs> hands to the right and his hands to the left. I mean he, he, is, he is making it happen. Can he I dance? Am, I am yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm having the time of my life. Watching him have the time of his life. Seriously, it was now, great. yeah, we were laughing <laughs> our asses off. It was so much fun to
0: watch. Tony, it was great. It was great.
1: Like Danny, no, I don't really dance well, but just move
0: around a lot.
1: <laughs> and, and, and you're enjoying it, so I yeah. guess it comes across as okay. So,
0: you know, the, I the you pro- danced okay. The problem is, is that Tony would be on the dance floor, and then he was so immersed in there, you couldn't even see him. And there were times where I'm like. He left. Yeah, he disappeared. Like, just left. Yeah. Where'd and, he go? And came back with a new beer. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay.
2: But then every yeah. time you wanted to try to get a glimpse of Tony, just look somewhere on the corner of the dance floor. Oh, oh, there he is. He was dropping it like it was hot. Now he's back up again, shaking it. it. Okay, there you You go. Just look
0: for the green Stella above everyone's head. (laughs) That's right. And then the green Stella turned into one of those slender cocktail glasses. Oh, no, he went to Woodford Reserve. (laughs) So our designated driver, and again, we've not confronted him about this at all. Not at all. Is sloshed. (laughs) He's hammered. I mean sloshed. All right gotta go yeah let's take a break let's come back and let's play the uh let's play the audio of very fun audio of the old drive back with our designated
2: driver oh dear i did not know that was happening
1: goodness gracious listen to those guys laughing and you know that just is music to my ears listening to those guys describe something i was involved in and hearing them say what a kick they got out of it. <clears throat> it uh, I didn't say much, boy, but I don't know if you heard me there when I did talk up, uh, boy, did I sound bad. <laughs> Hit her pretty hard that night. Uh, you know, you're going to find out here the, in the next clip, and this is probably going to be, what's this? This is going to be about, uh, yeah, about seven minutes long again to finish it up. Then we'll get on with our state of the uh, show address. You'll hear here that um, I, I get a little loud and I sound upset. This is the, this is in the car on the drive back, and of course, I should have known better. But uh, Corby was taping this <laughs> or recording this, so um, it's going to sound like we're mad or I'm mad at him, and that's not the case at all. You know, you know what drinking does to you. It makes you get a little loud and boisterous, and and I love these guys, and I go to war with them. You know, it's it's got nothing to do with that. But uh, it might sound a little out of character, but uh, this is the drive back now. Remember. I was supposed to be the designated driver, so I fell very short in that that duty. And thankfully, Blake, who's now the uh, uh, hang zone producer, uh, and you know, I talked about him on the podcast last year. Blake is he's quality in everything he does. He's a quality engineer, he's a quality producer, and a quality guy. And uh, he saved us last last night by not having as much fun because uh, I kind of did have a little fun. But here we are. I think. This is them setting up, I guess, getting the car right back.
0: So throughout the night, um, as we described in the earlier segment, Tony, our engineer, who was supposed to be our designated driver, failed that miserably. He's getting sloshed. Thank God we have our backup, Blake, who just said, look, he's getting hammered, I'll lay off. But Tony never said anything to us. Remarkable discipline. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was just out there having – matter of fact, we didn't exist – no. We're all having fun with each other. Tony never came back to even say a word
2: to us. He was in his own world, and his world was having fun, And I man. do need
1: to apologize for that. I thought about that, but it was That's really, okay. really hot in there. You don't there. need to
2: apologize for anything.
0: You were having fun. Yeah. yeah. And on, uh, What was the
1: other reason we I went outside? We support you with this. Oh, it got so loud, yeah. I thought. And if it's a song I like, I don't care. But if it's one of those other things, I just have well, to Well,
0: you uh, – <laughs> You were having fun, and it was getting late in the evening. Now, you also grab some random girl, and you're like, hey, you want to do boogie, oogie, oogie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so so that's, that's why that's the return. So because Corby said, hey, let's, you know, you guys ready? Let's get out of here. Okay, let's get out of here. We're missing one. Of course, it's Tony. So you go out. Tony, ready to roll, man. Let's go. Oh, one more song, man. It, one more song. It
1: wasn't that nice.
2: Okay, okay well. Tony, get your ass out of here. I don't know what was said. Yeah. I don't know. But now, was- we were all looking there and thinking the same. Who's going to go over and get Tony? We because look- he's having the time of his life, and it's like taking a kid away from an amusement park. Right. And so I was like, hey, you know, come on, man. let's. We got to
0: go. Blake's got to get to bed to sleep for 30 minutes or whatever, <laughs> basically, before the show. We got to get Blake home. Yeah, yeah, one more song. Come on. I'm feeling yeah. it out
2: here. And, you know, and. And then Corbin said, okay, we thought he was going to dance for one more song, Mike. No. He grabbed the mic and went karaoke and sung Boogie Oogie Oogie yeah. oh, with the random girl. Oh, my God. So, okay, so Danny, how they prep you for the next song. They'll play a song, hang you the mic. Yep. That song fades, and then they'll play the karaoke there song. There you go. We're all Man, familiar. Tony, Tony had the mic in his hand. And with that buffer song between that one and his, you want to talk about a dance show. He had that mic. He was swinging that thing in front of him (laughs) like he was the Chippendales dancer, man. It was one of the funniest things I'd seen. Oh, it was so great. Is there video
0: of any of this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's video. Dan posted some video of him dancing last night, earlier today. And then, uh, all right, so he does his karaoke song. Then he continues to dance on the dance floor, and that's when I'm like, I go, dude, we really have to go. No, 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 one more song. I need one more song. I'm like, Tony, come on. we Blake has got to get home. And um, finally, he's like, okay, all right. So then he goes (laughs) and he stands in line for the bathroom, which is deep. And I go, dude, come on. Let's go. It's going to take you 30 minutes. Come pee by the car. It's basically a – you can – there's trees, trees over there. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Are, you, are no you,
2: lights out there. Yeah, it's
0: easy. It's easy. Why are you rushing me? What's going on here? <laughs> Come on. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. We've got to go. We get all the way out to the car. Oh, I forgot to close my credit card. He runs all the way back in there, fights through the crowd again, goes to the bar. Has cl- another beer. Starts dancing. Yeah, another beer, no doubt. Dances for two more songs, then comes out. So we get in the car, and uh, – this is the first thing that you hear from Tony, and see if you can make sense out of <laughs> this analogy that uh, that he uses.
1: Golf is than a, a bad day on the golf course is better than a good day at work. This would have been a bad night at a club with you guys would be better than a bad good day at work. What?
2: <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> You know what I meant.
1: Try that one more time. The golf course is better than a good day at work. This would have been a bad night at a club with you guys would be better than a bad good day at work. What? <laughs> you, know, you know what? You know what
2: I mean? Be better, would be better than a bad, good day at work, man. I don't know. I do have yeah. to
1: comment real quick because I, if you pull up Dan Bracket at Bracket Dan on Twitter, you can see Tony dancing. There's one part; he's got the beer in one hand, the mic in the other. Mic in the left hand. At one point, there's he's flanked by two women. He drops the mic down and pretends like it's his wiener flopping back and forth. <laughs> And this lady looks at him, and he pulls the mic up and puts his other hand out. like, like, oh, just kidding there. I didn't mean that. Oh, my God. This is wonderful.
0: So, again, we still never addressed the fact that he was supposed to be the designated driver. We just get in the car. He gets in the back seat with me. Just like, no big deal. So then he starts getting mad at me. For pulling him out of that bar. Yes. All right. He is getting loud. All right. So this is how that starts. <laughs>
2: you had a good time too, didn't you, Tony? I have a good
0: time everywhere I go. Oh boy. pissed off now. All right.
2: <laughs> I
1: have a good time everywhere I go.
0: I don't okay. think Tony's the
1: drunkest person in the car. I don't either.
0: I, I, well, I, that's the thing. I was not the designated driver, though. I I was, well, all right. Well,
2: we're not talking about designated drivers. We're talking about the drunkest person in the car. Fine. Let, let's, hear that fine. Again. fine. let's hear that again.
0: Tony, I have a good time everywhere I go. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> Hang on. Hang <laughs> on. Oh <my God. laughs> Hang on.
0: How many times have I heard this? <laughs> I do. So anyway, all right, so
1: this is <laughs> oh where this is where he
0: gets mad at me because I ushered him off the dance floor.
1: There you go. Well, yeah, you act all pissed off when you came and got me. That's where way to you. go. What? That's, that's, no, 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 no. He knew he had to get up. I know Blake would pull that on me. You did. That's like going to golf on Saturday morning. And you had a good Friday night out. Oh, sorry, guys. I missed my tee time. No, you signed up for golf at Saturday at 8 a.m.
0: Tony, Tony, we asked you to be the designated driver. Oh, yeah, I kind of blew that. (laughs) <laughs> boy, what a 180. I'm really uh, mad. Oh, I really I, I screwed up there, uh, didn't oh, I? Yeah, boy. I, I really oh, my that. gosh. All right, so, <laughs> listen, I mean, and he is pointing at me like he's, he's not happy.
1: mad that I pulled him out of there, and then it just all turned. He knew he had to get up. I know Blake would pull that on me. You did. That's like going to golf on Saturday morning, and you had a good Friday night out. Oh, Tony. sorry, guys. I missed my tee time. No, you signed up for golf at Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony, Tony, you show up and you Tony
0: we asked you to be the designated driver. Oh yeah, I kind of blew that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now wow. get the laughter from me and Donovan here after after uh, that goes down. <laughs> designated driver. Oh yeah, I kind of blew that. <laughs>
2: Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, you got me there. Uh, God, dude. I up. Oh my goodness. There we go. Uh, <laughs> it brings back some fun memories, and again, those boys are master storytellers. There's much, much more, but I think we killed three segments the next day. So if nothing else, they were appreciative that I killed three of their segments the next day. They didn't have to come up with stuff. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, you know, any, any time with them is just an absolute blast, even though I didn't spend much time with them at the club. And uh, uh, it's, it's music to my ears to be able to hear those guys laugh about something I was part of. And uh, they make themselves laugh to hear laugh to hear mike reiner the founder of the station laughing in the background as the master story teller corby does what he does it just was so much fun i, I may have had well no i was gonna say i had as much fun the next day as i did that night probably not but uh, it was an absolute blast blast okay there's a little ticket audio and i just wanted to run that uh by you guys because <clears throat> as i said many times without the ticket and the guys at the ticket there's no Dancing with the Stars bit. There's no all the other incredible things. There's no ballroom blitz. Uh, all the things I, you know, gosh, went on TV and had a watching party. We discussed all that. My goodness, none of that's happening. And uh, eternally grateful to all of them for sure. Okay, let's go to our state of the show address. We got to get a little serious here again. I'm probably going to get a little cranky again, but uh, this show's in trouble now. I don't want to overstated and you know well to me i i, I think i do need to sound, sound the alarm but think about this overall though as much as i'm going to say is wrong with it i just checked the ratings the other day so far this season what are we 2 months into the season i guess of all the shows they usually all start in september somehow some way it's still the number 1 rated show on the abc network now it used to dominate and it used to be a top 10 show of all shows, That's those days are gone. But um, how it's still number one on ABC, I guess that tells you ABC doesn't have a lot of great shows right now. Um, it's come back to the pack. There's three or four of them that are all between four and four and a half million viewers. But somehow, Dancing with the Stars is still at the, at the leader of the pack. Now, the ratings are down 22% this season. So you do that again next season, mm-mm, you're not going to be number one anymore unless everything else just falls off the face of the earth. So I think you know the alarm should have been sounded. Remember we talked about this last week. It uh, should have been sounded in 17, should have been sounded in 24, because the overall r- writing factor for me, and maybe this isn't their opinion and maybe that's why I'm wrong, is that you have to have a credible champion. Otherwise, it will become, and it has unfortunately basically, what everyone says it used to be in the early days, which it wasn't, and that's a popularity contest. Oh, nothing but a popularity contest. Granted, a lot of people last a lot longer than they should on this show. That's why I had the most overrated and underrated lists because yeah, that happens. And I don't have a huge problem with it. I have a little bit of a problem with it. And I do think there needs to be a judge's save a beefed up one than the one we have. But yes, they finally did that at least. Um, But I don't have a problem with people that the public likes and wants to see lasting a little while. But there has to be a point in the season. I usually say the semifinals where the judges have some authority to put their foot down. And again, not necessarily rig the results, but I could say, well, they're rigging the results by ballot box stuffing. We have to give the judges some additional authority to keep, again, non... I don't want to say non-deserving, but non-dancers from winning this thing because it does turn into a sideshow now. And I know for me personally, you know, the show doesn't hold the juice it once did. I, I know we're going to have, unless something's fixed, more of what we've had the last few seasons of good dancers going home too early less good dancers lasting way too long. And then of course the ultimate dancers that aren't that good winning the championship. And this is supposed to be a competition. And when you get rid of that, again, it becomes, I'm going to ballot box stuff. I'm going to make as much money as I can and screw all the other people on the show. And I guess that's the American way, huh? Get yours and don't worry about anybody else. Well, I care and the the judges and the, the staff should care on this show And the management should care about the greater good. We had the goose that laid the golden egg. Unfortunately, it's not golden anymore. But we can still fix stuff and we can still make things better. And that's kind of what I want to go over now. Um, So I guess this is the official state of the show address. Oh, look at that. Well, thank you very much. It sounded pretty official. <laughs> um, I, I guess what I'm going to do is just briefly go over where things started going south. We did this last week, so I don't want to restate everything I said last week. So I'm going to kind of keep it fast and and not go into detail. But um, And then we'll go into what I suggest we need to do to fix it. Uh, started in season 26. Um, before season 26, and I watched this stuff very carefully. I monitored the ratings every season. And Dancing with the Stars and The Voice on NBC were the number one rated show in terms of reality shows for years and years. And they would go back and forth. You know, one year, The, the Voice would have four or five weeks where they were number one. And Dancing with the Stars would have six or eight weeks there they were number one and vice versa. Sometimes The Voice would be a little ahead. But I love that because I'm like, these are the two big dogs and they're neck and neck and they're fighting it out. And we lose about the same every year five to 7% is just natural attrition of the audience. And I don't know if that's an actual fact, but it was for these two shows. And I'm like, okay, as long as we're losing just a little bit and we're staying neck and neck with the number one show or the number two show, I got no problem with it. And I'm assuming the executives didn't either because both were top 10 shows. Now you got to take football out of it. I'm talking about either scripted shows or reality shows, football rules the roost. And you know, if you have Sunday night and Monday night and Thursday night, football, you know, it's, they're going to take all the slots uh, with their pregame and postgames and stuff like that. So never worried too much about it. Um, I was worried about other things like the non, again, not non-deserving, the non-dancer winning, and we talked about this, and these are burned in my head, Bill Ingvall season 17, uh, David Ross season 24. We really got close with David Ross when he finished second. And the alarm was just blaring in my head. We got to come up with something here. If nothing else, get this judge's save. And of course, as usual, unfortunately, humans have this incredible way of fixing things when they're broken. But we don't seem to do very well about preventing things from getting broken when we can. And all this to, would have taken is a little tending to the garden. You know, this nice little garden where the goose is, that's laying in the golden egg. You know, you got to keep it free of weeds. You got to give it some water. You got to give it some food. So you get nice flowers and stuff for that goose to eat. And, you know, just do, do your due diligence, do your job and take care of this show. And they never did. And I don't know, you know, that was a different management team back then. And maybe it's again, human nature to be fat and happy. You're like, ah, things are going great. We don't have to worry about anything. But again, don't you look at warning signs And I'm like, surely they had to know if David Ross would have won that season. Again, nothing against the guy personally. I liked him. He's a baseball player. Can you imagine with all the talent that was in season 24, Rashad Jennings, Normani Corday, Simone Biles, Heather Morris, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, they all were better than him. And then you could go down the list. There were other people better than him. If he would have won that, then we would have had the mess that we had in 27. That much earlier, but it was only three seasons earlier. But anyways, okay, let's get get back to it. 26, things were great still. We still were getting 20, uh, I'm sorry, 10 million viewers. So was The Voice. We were neck and neck. And then season 26 comes along, the mini season. And we talked about this last year. I'm not going to belabor the point, but it was four weeks long. It was only brought in to prop up the American Idol reboot. American Idol was pay, paying sixty million to their top four people, so somebody's got to take it in the shorts, and they decided to give it to Dancing with the Stars. I guess we'll make it a mini season, so we don't have to pay many people. Um, uh, people didn't know it was on. The ratings started tanking. I'm like, holy mackerel, what's going on? We're not going five to seven percent down. We're going twelve to fourteen percent down. We're doubling and worse. Our ratings dropped this season. Why is this happening? Well, it just took a little common sense to look at this. You didn't pump up the show enough. You gave it all to American Idol. You didn't spend any money on the show. It wasn't on except for an eye blink of time. Um, I told the story last week, I think, of co workers. When's the show coming back? Well, it's on now. Oh, I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, because they didn't advertise. Well, I better watch it. Well, you got two weeks left. What? They're not going to watch it. No, I'm not going to watch it. I watch it for the the length of the season and we can see the journey of the people. And so we lost a ton of people. And then I think a lot of those people, I think they found out, hey, I can live fine without watching Dancing with the Stars. I don't need to watch it in the fall when season 27 rolls around. And of course, then we had the crazy live voting instituted. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? So let's get this straight. We're losing fans like where uh, you know a sieve loses water and you want to make it harder to vote less people to vote and you want to promote people voting without seeing the show in other words popularity it just sounded like you're adding fuel to this fire that is raging here or is starting to rage and we can stamp it out in season 27 but that's not you know encourage the way the uh the flames and so, you know, season 26 ends. We're down 14% for the season. Just awful. Uh, One-hour finale. Didn't get to talk to the champion. Didn't finish. Don't know who finished second and third because they were rushing to get to idle. So, and I played the uh, wolf audio that I had last week. You know, we got to cinch this up in 27. And what did they do? Absolutely nothing. Uh, viewership down again in 27. Another 12%. We're so far behind the voice now, and I realize we're never getting it back. I thought we could get it back in 27 if they would do something. They didn't do anything, so they lose all these other viewers. Um, the judges have just gone absolutely nuts in the later seasons. We give, uh, like I said earlier, they give tens out like Halloween candy to the freestyles. There's no more judges' decision at the end. It's all basically left up to the fans. Again, ballot box stuffing. Uh What is it I'm missing here that you guys aren't seeing? So season 27 comes and goes. We have the Armageddon season. One of the worst dancers in the history of the show winning and basically thumbing his nose at the show. I mean, he was happy when he was on the show because he knew he was making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for basically doing nothing. And he he wasn't a malcontent. He was kind of a nutcase. But uh, at the end, you know, like I've said before, he didn't care about the good of the show. And he just shilled for votes and he got his and he damaged the show incredibly. It's hard to believe one person could do that. And it's not all his fault. Of course, the, the producers allowed it to happen. So they're the ones that need to take the hit for it. But uh, down another 12%, as I said. So now we come to 28. And again, I mentioned it last week, Dead Man Walking season, Tom and Aaron, Did not look good that season. Uh, They were still professionals and they did the best they could, but man, it was written all over their faces. Not that they knew they were getting fired, but that this was a sinking ship. And we had new management come in. Uh, Tom butted heads with them. We talked about that last week. Um, But actually, the show's ratings stabilized. We were only down 5% that season. And I'm not sure why why that happened. except you know maybe fans were getting happy again because we did have the judges save the judges save was instituted that's one thing they did right at the end of season 27 again it's a not a very good executed judges save but it's there and it's something and i don't know maybe uh we had great dancers that season uh 28 i'm sorry not 28 and 27 maybe that was the frustration but in 28 it was a good season uh, i don't remember it being a great season but uh we stabilized. We only lost 5%, which is what we were losing back in the day with the voice every season. So I was hoping again that, well, maybe we can get back to, to not losing much. Well, 29 comes along and we actually had an uptick. This is, this uh, was Tyra season. We actually had an uptick from the younger demographic, which was what their stated goal was. They said, we need to shake it up. We need to get younger at that position. We have to broaden our appeal. And, uh, you know, that lasted that little honeymoon for the season. Pretty much. It was up 10% in the younger demographic, only down 8% overall because of that infusion infusion of younger people that were watching. And then of course our season 30 comes along and all those young people have left down over 23% in the younger demographic, over 22% overall. And now we're getting into catastrophic losses. 12 and 14 were awful. 22 is just more than awful. (laughs) Uh, So at the end of 27, I wrote my infamous letter to the Dancing with the Stars executives and the ABC president of entertainment, detailing all that stuff, basically, that I just said. It was a four-page letter. I was trying to be constructive in my criticism. I didn't want to sound like a raving lunatic. And of course, I gave instructions on how we can fix this. And I really, really uh, drilled down. I went, you know, because I've been out to the show so many times. I said, listen, we got to tighten up the show presentation, not just the voting and the judges going crazy and the judges say not being very good. We got to tighten up the presentation. And I knew about the presentation because I was out there so much. Um, I think. Was it 27? I think I went out four times that year and I saw and I'd been going since season 19. So I knew how to do it correctly. And I saw what was breaking down. And again, these are minor things that most people wouldn't know about or care about. And I'm just a big believer that minor cracks turn into bigger cracks. And so this is, again, 10-year garden. Tighten things up. Do your due diligence. Make this show the best you can make it. Don't let it slide. So let me give you just a couple things uh, other than the main stuff in the letter that I sent to them. Um, I'm like, okay, while we're at it, let's tighten up the show presentation. I'm not going to read it here, but there there was bad camera angles and and shots last year. You know, that got to be shoddy. And this is a long in the show tooth. Now, I don't know if they replaced cameramen and audio men and women along with that management team they replaced. I don't know about that. Maybe that's part of it if that's what was going on, but it was just an unprofessional presentation in my mind. I, I can remember three or four incidences where what We got a camera angle pointing at the ground. What the hell? And I know everybody makes mistakes from time to time, but didn't think that should be happening. The fans in attendance, when you go out to that show, you wait in two lines. When I first started going, they made a big deal of telling everybody, you dress your best. You know, you don't have to dress on tux or anything, but you dress nicely. No tennis shoes. They asked the women to wear heels. You don't have to have the stilettos, but they wanted women in heels. And, of course, a lot of women will wear flats while they're in line, and then they put their heels on when they go inside. Uh, They prefer dresses on women. They prefer dress slacks and collared shirts with men, preferably with a tie. You don't have to have it. Maybe a jacket. (laughs) All this stuff. And I was out there, and people looked good. And, of course, I always dressed to the nines. That started really getting bad here the last few seasons uh women would start wearing more and more pantsuits and i know you can't dictate exactly what people wear but they would wear flats into the show Um, i started seeing i don't know fashion sneakers on younger people Uh, guys were wearing shirts that weren't very i don't know business-like uh business casual like they were kind of you know wrinkled and beat up shirts um, I would start seeing designer jeans, I guess. And I'm like, I don't care if they're designer. You're not supposed to wear jeans. And the show wouldn't do anything about it. Again, a minor thing that doesn't affect the presentation of the show because everybody's in the dark in there. Um, another thing, we had, they always have a guy that, that talks to the audience ahead of time, gets them excited for the show. Uh, one time they didn't have him. I got to know the guy. His name was Mike. And he was great. He would rally you up and he would read the rules. And there's a lot of rules about when you go in there and that keeps people on their toes because he would say, if you are caught doing this or you do this or you do that, we're going to throw you out. And I loved that because I'm like, you got you need people that that are going to toe the line and not do their own thing and not sneak phones in there because you can't take your phone in there. And so one week we didn't get the spiel. And we're getting close to going in and I see Mike and I run over to him and I go, Mike, what's going on? Aren't, aren't you going to do your thing? And he kind of talked in a raspy voice. Oh, I got laryngitis this week. You know, I can't really do it. And I'm like, OK, how about the backup person? Let's have someone else do it. This is important stuff. And He goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why no one did it. And it's like, again, it's just like, OK, uh, not my job. I don't know why nobody did it. Uh, <laughs> little things, little things. We go inside. VIPs are allowed to bring in their phones. Okay, I don't pr- particularly like that. It's kind of like the have and have nots. You know, the rich people get to do something, the rest don't. But whatever, you can have your phones. But how many times do we had to listen to guys during the commercial break, please people, put your phones away. Now, they're not going to throw out VIPs. You know, They're family and friends of the, the show. But people would just continue to abuse the practice. And so we have to listen to that every time. Well, that season, for some reason, they started loosening up food and drink. You know, you're not supposed to take anything in. People take in, you know, mints or little snacks and try to eat them during the break. but And they're not too bad about that. But you're not supposed to take anything in but water. And yet the VIPs had plates of food, uh, drinks with open-topped containers. And I'm like, what happens if that spills? And I'm like, again, it just felt like the have and the have-nots. Why are you letting these guys... Just break more rules when we can't do any of that. And uh, again, all minor things, all things that don't affect the broadcast. But I'm a big believer, small cracks turn into big cracks. So that was part of what I wrote to them. And I I gave suggestions on what to do with everything. So now I'm going to give you guys the suggestions. And uh, here we go. I'm going to list them in order of doability. First one is very easy. Let's change the voting back to the way it used to go. One of the big problems now with this, with this uh, what is it, Your popularity thing creeping in and voting just out of control is that the ballot box stuffers haven't changed. And then, you know, there may be more now that we have Instagram and all this other stuff. But let's just say that we have a million ballot box stuffers, people that would never watch the show, but because whoever they follow on social media says, hey, vote for me. And they do what they're told to do. So we had a million people doing that back when 15 million people voted on the show. And I'm not talking about watching the show. I don't know how many people really vote that watch, maybe half. But if we're upwards of 28 million people at some point, I don't know if we could arguably say that 14 million people voted. Maybe not. Maybe not that many. But in the old days, we had lots of voting venues, too. Not the real old days, but the good old days, you know, five years ago, maybe 10 years ago. You had multiple ways to vote. You could, you could call on your phone. You could text on your phone. You could go to abc.com. You could Facebook vote. And to me, that covered everybody. It covered the old people that still like to use the phone, covered the new people that wanted to, younger people that wanted to do Facebook or text. Great. Multiple ways to vote and multiple times to vote. Not this silly live voting thing. Again, a few years back, the voting didn't play, the voting wasn't cut off until the next day. Sometimes it was 8 a.m. Sometimes some years or seasons, it was 12 12 p.m. Other times it was 5 p.m. the next day. They gave people ample opportunity to vote. Now, I guess you could say, well, I guess ballot box stuffers to vote too. I guess, but I don't really think so because ballot box stuffers, if they're into it, they're going to do what their leader says. And if their leader says live voting, which is what we have now, is only open from 7 to 9 Midwest time, that's when you need to vote. They're going to do it. And they can do this not watching the show because you can tweet it. You can go to abc.com. Those are the only two left, I believe. No, not not tweet it. Text it. I'm sorry. And go to abc.com. They got rid of the landline. They got rid of uh, Facebook. And the landline hacks me off because I think there's still like 35 to 40 percent of households that have landlines in this country. And the vast majority of them, I bet, watch Dancing with the Stars. Rural, older people, which is the core demographic. And so what? Tell you what, we're having trouble getting people to vote. Let's make it harder by taking that away, too. Yep, no more landline voting. So old mom and dad and the and grandma and grandpa in the hinterlands are like, well, dang, I took my voting away. What am I going to do now? I don't know how to text. And I know a lot of older people know how to text, but a lot don't still. Again, why limit your voting when the core problem you're having now is less people are voting, more ballot box stuffers are coming in, We want to expand the voting. And if not expand it, at at least let them have the opportunity to. When you're in Los Angeles and you're getting off work at five o'clock, the show starts. You got to get through L.A. traffic. You got to pick up the laundry. You got to pick up the kids. You got to uh, whatever you got to do. You got to get home. You got to get undressed. You got to fix dinner. And it's seven o'clock time for the show. You turn the show on. What's the first thing you see? I saw it in Vegas last week when I was out there. Voting is closed. (laughs) So they get to come watch their show and vote for the people they want to vote with, vote for. And they've been busy the last two hours, getting home from work. And in the mountain and Pacific time zones, and of course, Hawaii and Alaska, which don't have many people, but you can't vote because voting is closed. So what does that promote? If you remember to vote from five to seven in LA and six to eight in Denver, if you remember to vote, you just have to vote for a dance you cannot watch. Again, popularity. Who are you going to vote for? Oh, I like that person. I'm going to vote for them. What am I missing here? This is just... It, does it cost money to have people answer the phones or register your, your vote on the phone? Um, they did it a lot in the old days. Why won't they do that again? And that that's not even... Um, mentioning the problem you have with the live voting when it comes to getting it right. For those of you that watched the show last season, season 29, within the first three weeks, whatever it was, three or four weeks, we had a scoring snafu. Gee, there could be a problem with that live voting. Let's see how it's set up. Okay, you can vote from five to seven LA time. And, well, let's just do 7 to 9 because I live in Dallas. The show goes off the air at 9. You can vote from 7 to 9 because we're one of the lucky ones. Us on the East Coast can vote live. We can watch the show and vote. Uh, but they cut off voting at about 8.53, or would it be be yeah, 8.53, and I don't know the exact time, but the last commercial break, they let you vote a minute or a minute and a half into that commercial break. Commercial breaks are about three, three and a half minutes, sometimes four. Maybe that's they do that at the end of the show. I haven't timed those. But so you're going to let people vote up until a minute and a half into that break. And then you're going to compile all that vote that just flooded in probably because don't people want to see that last dance? Maybe not because it's a popularity thing. But I think the people who care about this show and might have an opinion about, oh, I don't know. Do I want Iman or or, or Jojo? Maybe they've already made their decision. But again, why even take that chance? So they're going to flood the votes at 853 and in, in 30 seconds. The people at the show are going to add those votes in. I don't know how it happens, but computer-wise, I'm sure, with the judges' votes from that night again. The judges just had their last voting. And then they're going to get it on a card, and they're going to get it out to Tyra, and she's going to announce it all in a minute and a half. Gee, what could go wrong? Well, we saw and heard what went wrong, and here's some audio from that last season. Which
2: means Anne and Keo and Vernon and Pita are at the bottom two. There's actually been an error. I'm looking right now and we have three couples. So we need to clarify this for one second. The bottom two couples are Anne and Keo and Monica and Val. Please come back. Please have Monica come back. There's been an error in our control room but we're making it happen.
1: Man, when that happened, Oh, my head just sank into my chest and I'm like, this show is just starting off in a new era and we have a scoring issue. This is serious stuff. This is where the FCC or somebody, I haven't dived deep into that, monitors this stuff because there's so many uh, dollars involved, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, we had game show scandals back in the day, I guess, where people were bilking money. And it's like, you can't have that air of, is this even credible, let alone the voting side of it? Is this a credible outcome? Are they just not counting votes? Are they getting them wrong? What is going on here? And I didn't br- blame Tyra necessarily, although she's the executive producer. And I'm sure she had huge input into deciding how they're going to vote. Maybe not. But I think executive producers have power. (laughs) That's why you're the top executive producer. Now she shares it with Andrew Lenaris, but I I just was stunned about this. And I'm like, okay, the first reaction has to be to get rid of this live voting. Finally, it's going to take this, a potential (laughs) governmental intervention here that you guys are screwing things up. They'll go back to voting so that we can vote and people can watch the show and vote and they can go into the next day and vote. And they didn't do it and they still haven't changed it into this season. Now, they haven't had a big screw-up again, or if they have, they haven't told us about it, and it hasn't happened on air. But uh, again, what's wrong with this picture? Are they ignoring the warning signs? Are they saying the warning signs was there, and this, oh, this was just a one-off thing. It's never going to happen again. Or are they saying, hey, these are our policies, and we're human, and we're not going to admit failure. We're just going to double down and keep going the way we're going frustrating beyond belief to me, but change the voting system. Very easy. Add the multiple methods back. Get, uh, I don't know about Facebook, that gets the younger people involved, but get the landline back. You got to do it. Now I know landlines are dying out, but the show's dying out. Let them, let them do it the last few seasons of the show. Um, and one more thing, get rid of this silly 10 votes per person thing. Where did that come from? This is America, man. One vote, one person, one person, one vote. I don't understand letting somebody vote 10 times for someone. Again, ballot box stuffers, all 10 votes go to their person. Back when I used to consider voting, I only voted twice and I never was gonna vote, but when I did consider it, and you have a lot of people to choose from, I'm like, oh, and let's just do this season. Oh, well, JoJo's my favorite. I think she's the best answer. I've got 10 votes. Oh, okay. I'm going to give JoJo six because I think she's the best, and I'm going to give her more than half. Well, I still got vote, four votes, don't I? Okay, well, let me give two to Amanda. I think she's really good. Maybe one to Olivia and one to Melora. Uh, there's my 10 votes. Well, what did I just do? The person who cares about the show and wants to see good dancing, and wants to spread it around so all the good dancers stay, I just diluted my vote for everyone. JoJo, who had a chance of winning this season, I just diluted my vote because I gave her only six. I don't know how often that happens, but again, why take that chance? Why let the ballot box stuffers just cram that box full of 10 votes and the good, responsible voters who want to see all good people, good dancers in the file, and not good people, good dancers in the file, uh, finals why why uh, make that harder for them so one vote one person that'll cut down on the ballot box numbers or stuffer numbers too if you've got one million people voting ballot box stuffers and they're all voting 10 times that's 10 million votes um, maybe that is why we've had a record number of votes with social media everybody who never watches the show is just now voting because their leader says to do it okay I know I'm just taking so long I apologize for this. But I I really want to fix (laughs) this. Okay, so that's the fan voting side of it. And instead of having the judges and eliminate somebody that night, one more thing. Go back to the way we eliminated people. Uh, Back in the old days, of course, when you had two shows, you eliminated the person the next night after getting the fan vote the next day added in. Well, when they got rid of that second night show, all they did was we're still going to let the people vote the next day. And then we'll eliminate that person who had the lowest combined total from that week, that Monday, the next Monday. And we won't tell them until the end of the show. So I love that because you got to see him dance again, especially if he's a good dancer. They may have been voted off already with the numbers, but you don't tell them that till the end of the show. So they have to dance again. And that's great because, like I said, we get to see more good dancing, hopefully, if it's someone that got voted off that was good. And uh, what's wrong with that? You let people vote. You don't have to worry about voting mishaps because you got plenty of time to compile it. Seems like no brainer to me. Let's go to the judges voting. This judges save. It's better than nothing, but let's make it judges save every time. Not just when there's a bottom, uh, not just when there's a bottom two, the last two weeks, we have bottom uh, three eliminations because they want to get rid of two people at once. So for some unknown reason, They've decided that if you're at the very bottom of the judges' scorecard, again, someone like JoJo or Amanda that needed to be saved, we're not going to save you. Uh, Judges' save doesn't apply to the very bottom, so you're out immediately. That's why we lost Johnny Weir last year. Not saying he should have won, but he was a good dancer and he went home too early because he was in the bottom two and didn't have any fan support, or bottom three, and there was no judges' save. Same thing this year with, uh, was it Olivia week one and Melora week two, I think. Sorry, we can't even attempt to save you because for some weird unknown reason, the judges save is not allowed for the very bottom of the scorecard. I don't get it. Simple solution. You got a bottom three? The judges save two people. They put two paddles up. (laughs) Okay, you don't like that? Let's go to a bottom four. Let's have a bottom four in there. And that might help weed out a Cody, and not a Mon, because he obviously was killing the votes. And so was Cody. But let's bring back that. Uh, bring that person down in and you have a bottom four and the judges save one bottom two. And then the next bottom two, there's ways around this. I shouldn't have to be coming up with these answers for them. And not that I even know if that's doable, it should be, I don't see why it wouldn't be, but that's what these guys are supposed to be doing. Uh, Same thing. If we have a problem and the judges save isn't working throughout the season, and I'm just going to pick on Joe Amabile and we didn't have a judges save in season 27, well, that's, that's a bad one because Body Bones is in that. Let's go 28. We, we always have a guy or gal that lasts a long time. It's almost always a guy because the, the uh, I don't know, the females just vote for guys on this show, the female fan base. We get Sean Spicer, and, of course, he made a big deal about going to all the conservative talk shows, vote for me. They said, yeah, let's show those Hollywood liberals. We're going we're gonna to crash their, their uh, system and vote so hard for Sean. The president of the United States, for God's sake, tweets, Vote for Sean Spicer. He's a friend. Uh, and people wonder why Tom wanted politics out of Dancing with the Stars. So Sean Spicer lasts all the way. Was he sixth place? I think he went home on a double elimination night with James Vanderbeek. Of course, James Vanderbeek would dance circles around him and did. But we couldn't get rid of Sean Spicer and the judges saved because he was never in the bottom two. Again, it's your show. Let's make it a bottom four in the middle of the season. You guys know what votes he's getting. If that takes care of it, do it. And again, if people are worried about, hey, you're rigging the outcome. No, you're rigging, if you want to say it that way, the people who get in the finale, just as the ballot box stuffers are doing. Okay, let's see. Um, how about having a an immunity for a perfect score? And you can't do it at the end because everybody gets perfect scores. How about we tighten the perfect score? Judges, unless you think this is one of the best dances you've ever seen from a non-professional, quit giving out 40s all the time, and we're going to have the person who gets a 40 that night be immune from rejection or, or elimination. Hasn't happened much in the history of the show. I know it happened with Sabrina Bryan. It happened with Maria Menunos. I know a couple other people I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, again, always women who dance really well, and, and the fans won't vote for them. How about doing something like that? Make the 40 that you have to really earn it. judges, make it, use it sparingly, and when you get it, you're immune. What if you get two 40s in a night? Okay, the judges have to make a choice. Who had the best dance that night? Well, this person who got 40. Well, that person gets the immunity, the other doesn't. I'm just saying, there's tons of things you can do. They've done a few things throughout the history of the show. Why not do something different? You know, they've had a triple elimination before. Never done that before. Well, they did it. Um, once we're into the finale... The freestyles—they have to matter again, you know. It mattered to Donald Driver. I'm convinced he won his season, season 14, because of his freestyle. It mattered to Gilles Marini. I'm, con- I'm convinced he lost season eight because of his freestyle. They said that was the closest vote at, up to that point in the history of the show. Uh, Freestyles matter. Let's make them matter again. This—this—this. This, this, everybody gets a trophy. All 40s for the freestyle. It's absurd. Um, I did a calculation and I don't have it in front of me. Sorry about that. But I want to say the last 43 freestyles we've had, and this is going way back to season 20, I believe. The last 43 freestyles, there have been 39 perfect scores. No way. There is no way you've had 39 perfect scores in the freestyle. Again, what do we call perfect? You know, good technique. Good presentation, good entertainment. The freestyle is supposed to be a tough dance that you need to wow us on. I don't think it's too much to ask to make them earn it. When they gave Bobby Bones his 40 for his freestyle, and I can hardly go back and watch it. For baseball people, it's like going back for me and watching Game 6 against the Cardinals. I can't do it. It's too hard to watch. His freestyle... Not only did he set it up by saying, I couldn't dance three months ago, I still can't dance. But here, let me give you a freestyle. Full of people, full of lifts, and his lifts aren't great, like, you know, Iman's lifts. They were just lifting somebody up just a little bit, Uh, Sharna, basically. Uh, He would jump on stage and jump off stage He would uh, be lifted by other guys. DeMarcus Ware and some of the other bigger guys in that season would come out and lift Bobby Bones. That's not a dance move. That's a time kill because you know you can't dance, and then you add a lot of lights and music and people, and you win. You get 40. I went back and counted this up in terms of mathematics. There's a way to do this. If they would have given him eights, which I think would have been generous—a seven. You can't go below a seven because it was a good presentation. It was fun, and it was a—you know—it was a, a grand scale, nice presentation. No dancing in it, but uh, nice presentation. Give him eights. If they would have given him eights, I went back and figured this out. The number he would have had to overcome to beat Milo, and I didn't—I don't even know if I went with Alvana. I think Milo was the high score scorer in the finale of that season. He would have had enough. Had to have had enough fan boats. To overcome the greatest deficit in the history of the show, which goes all the way back to season, mm, what was that? Season, season eleven. Adriana Partridge overcame a 4.8 percent deficit to overtake. I'm sorry. She was overtaken by Kurt Warner, the football player, when you added in the fan vote. Again, a man overtaking a woman. He would have had to beat that. And no one has come close to that since then. I think the next closest up until the the mess of season 27 was like 3.2%. Just a huge number to overcome. Now, Bobby Bones may have had so many fan votes, he may have overcome it. But again, tell the judges to vote on dancing ability Not just presentation, not just, hey, it's feel good, not just everybody gets a 40 in the freestyle. I think that would go a long way to helping. And then each week, one more here for the judges, you have to have a winner, in my opinion, on the judges' scorecard. You give everybody 40s in the semifinals, you didn't vote for anybody. Your vote is zero and the fan vote is 100%. I do not understand that. Again, when you have a significant problem, why aren't you looking at all these things? I know I sound like an angry old or hopefully young man, but uh, I care about this thing, and I think it's fixable, but they won't do anything about it. Uh, and you can do that any way you want. Make it a point-must system, a must-point system like they do in boxing. You know, if you win a boxing round, you get 10 points. If you lose, you get 9 or 8 if it's really bad. Do the same thing with Dancing with the Stars. Okay, we had the semifinals. Everybody got 40s or whatever it was. It was six people in it, but uh, six, six people got 40s. We're going to give a sliding scale. Number one for those 40, 40 that we give out, they get six points. Number two gets five. Number three gets four. And you would create a little bit of a separation on the judges scorecard, and you would make a decision. The judges are the experts. Make a decision. Don't leave it up 100% to the fans. Okay, how about a less likely thing we could do? Remove Tyra. <laughs> um, I was talking to TC before tonight, and he goes, hey, this is ABC. They can get rid of her if they want to. I was saying that you know maybe she's got something in her contract that says hey you can't get rid of me for five years and if you do it costs a hundred million dollars or something I don't know, but I, I think he's right ABC could get rid of her if they wanted but they're not going to do it because you know why it admits defeat it admits mis- a mistake and humans are resistant to do that I wish they would just come in and say listen we tried it we tried to bring it in the younger demographic it didn't work thank you Tyra you were great but we're going to go in a different direction just like they did with Tom. Tom, we're tired of the old people you bring in. We want to bring in some younger people. We're going in a different direction. Uh, The ratings are down 22% this season. I think the younger demographic, which is most of that, is down 23%. They're not going to come for Tyra. They did last year. They gave it a shot. But Tyra's not young to them. Let's just admit that it didn't work. You can't survive two more Well, maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you'll keep the show as long as you want. But if you lose 22% again next year, you're no longer number one on ABC, and the slide has started. Well, it's already started, obviously, but the slide to death. (laughs) Uh, Get somebody else in there. Tom's not coming back. He's moved on. He's doing a game show on NBC, I think, coming up, and I'm sure there's bitter taste in his mouth. Uh, You'd have to fire all the executives that he butted heads with, and they're not going to do all that. Sure, I'm sure, but you know, that's my perfect world. Let's just have, ah, we just had a two-year mess up with COVID. Let's come back and act like it was a dream, like Bobby Ewing in the old Dallas show. Boy, that's dating me. Nobody knows what that is. He, he left the show, and then he came back, and it was all a dream. But <laughs> um, And then embrace the demographic that you have. Quit trying to go young. If you're going to go young, go big. Don't, don't do these, this little stuff and keep the old judges and keep the old pros and yet chip away at what we want to see as an older viewer, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't think this stuff is rocket science, but okay. How about a pie in the sky? I'm, I'm winding down here, guys. Hang in with me. How about a pie in the sky wish or change that I want to make? Let's just say we can't remove Tyra or they won't remove Tyra for some reason. She's back in the fall, season 31. Go all in with the younger group then. Like I said, get rid of the old judges, get rid of the old pros, bring in new pros, go young. You could probably keep Derek and Julianne because they're still young and they're in their late thirties now, but, or at least Derek is, I think. Um, But if you want to keep them, okay. How about doing something for the loyal viewers though? Me included, who stuck with this show all the way, who's defended it against naysayers for countless reasons. Oh, there's nothing but be celebrities on here. Oh, it's just a popularity contest. Can't tell you how many times I had to defend this show, defend you dancing with the stars. Why don't you... Reward us. Here's my suggestion. Next spring, might be too late to put it together. I don't think so. Next spring, let's have a spring season again. And you know what we're going to call it? We're going to call it Dancing with the Stars Seniors. For those of you that were around a few years ago, a couple years ago, they went with something called Dancing with the Stars Juniors. And it was young kids, I don't know, eight to 13 or something. They were kids of celebrities. And they were trained by pro juniors. And they were mentored by the pros that were on Dancing with the Stars. I gave it a try. It wasn't my cup of tea. But they are so enamored with going young. And they talk about it all the time. How about having an open mind here and going Dancing with the Stars seniors? Now, we can monitor this or not monitor it. We can modify it. Uh, But I know personally at my age, and I think people older probably too... I get a kick out of seeing older people on the show. Now, we may say no more 70-year-olds because most of them can't dance, although you would have taken away one of my favorite contestants of all time, Tommy Chong. So I'm not saying you have to get rid of that. But if that's what you want to do, okay. Just give us something, anything. How about we make it um, contestants 50 years and older? You know, 50 years is kind of a good cutoff. We've only had two 50-year-old winners, and they were both right there. Donnie Osmond was 51, and what a unique case, and Jennifer Gray was 50. Another unique case, I would say. So most people over 50 don't handle this thing well, although look at Melora Harden this year and Kenya Moore. Boy, they both looked fantastic. Melora went through a tough spot in week six, seven, and eight. So tell you what, we don't have to make it a 10-week season, but don't make it a mini-season. My God, don't make it a four-week mini-season. Let's make it at minimum a six-week season. But how about a seven-week season? I'll compromise with you. I would love an eight-week season, but maybe that is too much for the older folks. But give us something, okay? Bring back the older pros. You know, the pros became celebrities to us old-time viewers. Bring back Tony Dovalani. Now, whether or not any of these guys are going, to, gals are going to want to do it, who knows? But try. Tony Dovalani, the workhorse on the male side, 21 seasons, I believe, he was in. Louis Van Amstel from the very beginning. Louis with his cool slick back hair in season one. Uh, how about Kim Johnson? I know she's got a couple kids now, but they're older, and why not? She might want to come back. Uh, maybe Anna Trebunskaya, She was around forever. How about Karina S- Smirnoff next to uh, next to Cheryl? She's the workhorse on the female side. I think 19 seasons. How about Cheryl? She's talking about retiring. Maybe you could bring her back for an older male partner where she doesn't have to kill herself training wise. And uh, she doesn't have to spend so much time that maybe that's part of the problem now. And she would, might feel like she's one of the younger people around then. Um, you can bring people back, I think. Maybe not. Maybe. Let's try it. Uh, anything else? Oh, bring over the judges. Everybody complains about the judges these days, it seems like. I don't think it's the old people. I think it's these new people you kind of trying to get to the show. Oh, Len's out of touch. Oh, Bruno, we're tired of his act. Carrie Ann's too emotional. There's all kinds of reasons. I love them. And I think most people that watch this show do because they've been there from the beginning and they were there for 26 amazing seasons. Well, 25? <laughs> when we had unbelievable ratings. And they're still there. Bring them over to the old guy's side. And the gal side, Dancing with the Stars seniors, and then finally, of course, Tyra is not hosting it. Uh, How about a friend of the show? How about Alfonso Ribeiro? I don't know if he's great. I know I saw him host when Tom had to miss his one show because of his dad's death. He was good enough. I know he's a friend of the show. Nobody's going to be as good as Tom, and I shouldn't say that, but it's going to be tough to replace him. But how about Alfonso? I know he does America's Funniest Home Videos. Tom did that for years. He did double duty. He would probably do it. How about Joey Fatone? Joey Fatone's a very big friend of the show. Now he's only like, how old is Joey? I don't even know. Is he 40 yet? I don't know. <laughs> but he's not quite as old, but uh, he's a huge friend of the show. Heck, he was in the uh, that video bit we talked about earlier on this year's season, season 30. Um, if you want to go older, how about John O'Hurley? Remember him? Season one, distinguished gentleman. I think he's in his mid-60s now. Uh, that's not too old. I'm just saying there's options. And I'm telling you, I think the older crew, the older people that you've abandoned as far as a fan base or kind of started to abandon, I think they would come over. What do you got to lose? You know, a few million dollars, big deal. You spent 60 million every year on Idol, probably more than that now. Has Katie Katie gotten an increase? Man, I would love to see it. Okay, folks. Well, that's a little big rant, (laughs) a long rant, I didn't, I mean, I was not going to go that long. I promise you, but I think we can fix stuff. We just have to have the will to do it. And I really like that spring season idea. Let's start a campaign, right to, right to dancing with the stars. I might have to write another letter. I actually told the hangs today. I was, I was going to do that, but uh, okay. Let's finish this up. Uh, go over our contest review real quick. We're done with the contest. Uh, our last question was last week, but if you're just new to this, you can still get in it. Um, I've, I've already heard from some people and it's great. People from all over the country are sending in their answers and I just love that. And they're very kind. They, they must like the show to do the work because this is something you have to work for. What I'm doing is giving away a trip to go see the show. This would be my seventh trip giveaway to see Dancing with the Stars live and in person. Like I said earlier, we have a little bit of a backlog here as we got four winners now that haven't been able to go because of COVID. So, uh, We'll either all go next year or we can do other things like like I've told you. We can go to see Derek if he does a tour, Max and Val, um, the winter tour coming up. If that's your bit, we can go do that. So um, all you have to do is go back. At the end of each podcast, we had a question, and it's an open book uh, test. You just go back to the week uh, before podcast. The answer's in there, and then write down your answers and email them to me at DWTSP1 at Yahoo. And we're going to have the deadline because of Thanksgiving and everybody's busy. Who knows when you guys are listening to this? The deadline is going to be Monday, the 29th. And uh, let's see. We're gonna, Let's make it noon Dallas time since I'm in Dallas. So if you're in Los Angeles, get it to me by 10 a.m., Monday, the 29th. If you're in uh, New York, you can wait till 1 o'clock on Monday, the 29th. But uh, get those answers in. Like I said, we've had a few entries already. Thank you for, the, for you guys that have done it. And uh, I hope we get some more people because I'd love to take some of you guys out to the show. And that's our uh, contest update. Turn out the
2: lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's
0: over.
1: Tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Yeah. There we go. One last time, Dandy Don Meredith, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys back in the 1960s, part of that uh, incredible three-man crew on Monday Night Football of Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell, and Don Meredith in the 1970s. It was my uh, my religion back then. Every Monday night I watched it as a young boy and then got into a teen- my teenage years and all that. And I always loved hearing Don Meredith, so I wanted to... Give him a shout out. He's been gone for quite a while now. I'm not sure when he died, maybe 2010, I think. But uh, what a character he was. And he always sang that song on the Monday Night Football game when uh, one team was done for the evening. Um, another thing we always wanted to do, or we always did do, was we would play a song by a former contestant that was on Dancing with the Stars. Um, the, tonight, I wanted to just go away from that. We did nine or ten of those, whatever it was. And I wanted to play a little of my favorite song of all time, and we all know it. is the great Earth, Wind & Fire. My favorite band of all time, so why wouldn't I play a song from them? And this song, I never get sick of it. I've heard it for what, 50 years, 45 years? I'm sure it came out in the late 70s. Uh, I must have heard it, I don't know, a thousand times, I might be exaggerating, but it always puts a smile on my face, it always makes me tap my feet, snap my fingers, and get up and do what I I call dancing. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to go out with them. Of course, a big thank you to TC Fleming. Um, This wouldn't have happened without him. I've been using his studio the entire season. He's let me invade his house. He's a busy man with a busy life and he's let me come do this. And then he turns around and he edits it. You know, he can't do much about the content. It is what it is. I'm not that great and he had to suffer through it. I thank you guys. But he made the transitions from audio to this and that much better than, than I had originally done it. And uh, then he got it out to you guys, however he does it. He works his magic. So TC, again, thank you so much. Um, your encouragement to do for me to do it meant a lot, and it's been an absolute blast for me. And oh, by the way, TC was a guest this year, my first guest, so another reason to be appreciative of him. And of course, Dan, thanks to Dan McDowell. He came on, uh, the ticket hero of many of us people that listen to the ticket, uh, had so much fun with him. I could have had another hour with Dan, but I was, felt like I was whipping him pretty good, and I kept it at an hour, and I had a ton more questions, so who knows, maybe someday again. And of course, a big thank you to you, the listener. Uh, those that have already replied, thank you so much for doing that, for the contest, and any positive comments you've given me, it's meant a lot to me. This was a labor of love, I had so much fun doing it. Who knows what the future holds, don't know if anything will be done like this again, uh, but uh, hopeful. Who knows? And who knows when I'll talk to you again. Uh, the future is one of those unknown things. And as we get a older, all of us, gosh, I don't want to be a downer here. We'll talk to you sometime. <laughs> so until then, this is Tony, the engineer for the Ballroom Blitz. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.